Podmortem would like to thank Original Cinematic for sponsoring this week's episode. Original Cinematic is an independent production company that has made it their mission to create, produce, and promote films that are inclusive, honor women, promote the LGBTQIA community, and provide prominent positions and roles to POC actors and filmmakers, and promote the films of marginalized and underrepresented populations. These are all things that are extremely important to our podcast as well. Original Cinematic is proud to be a WGA signatory company, and they fully stand by the WGA, SAG, and their members in their fight for extremely reasonable standards. Accordingly, they are not accepting script or treatment submissions at this time, but both William and Zena Rush are available via email free of charge to discuss writing and provide input and resources to all aspiring writers. Their information will be made available in the show notes. Ahead of the strike, William Rush has individually produced numerous projects, including Coffee with Baba, Day by Day, They Slay, Before, Pack is Here, Abiquue, The Winemaker, and Where Do You Draw the Line? Two feature films, Group and Immersion, are slated for release this fall. Absolutely no picket lines will be crossed and no collective bargaining agreements will be violated in the making of either of these films. And very generously, Original Cinematic is providing all Podmortem patrons with a special link to view these films. If arrangements can be made, they will even schedule a virtual or in-person screening for our patrons. We cannot thank Original Cinematic enough for their contribution to our show and the horror community as a whole. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Salutations! Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from a makeshift hospital room discussing the 2006 horror film Saw 3. This film was directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman from a screenplay by Lee Winnell with a story credited to Winnell in James Wan. Saw 3 builds upon the lore introduced in the first two installments, while also attempting to put more emphasis on character dynamics and emotional arcs than its predecessors. Though the film explores themes of human nature and forgiveness, it also provides inventive traps, a multi-layered twist ending, gruesome violence, and stylistic editing that the series has become known for. While Saw 3 received mixed reviews from critics, the film was a hit with audiences and still remains the highest-grossing film in the franchise. This film was suggested to us by friends of the show, Sigrid Toland, Squared Circle Nostalgia, and Sans Pope. We want to thank each and every one of them for their continued support, as well as this suggestion. So, Saw 3. What were your first impressions on the film? So the year this came out, I was gone. Okay. So it would have been after 2010 that I watched this. So I don't fully remember everything from this movie, uh, but when I watched it for the show, I was like, oh, I do remember that. Oh, I do. But there was a lot of things that I didn't remember. So I must have only seen this maybe once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did remember that some of the ending. So when watching it for the show, I was like, mm. um, <laughs> it, it's 
I I think I've said before my that I am not a, the biggest fan of the Saw movies. Um, this one did have some some traps, you know, and it did have traps. Yeah, yes, that's, that's I, undeniable. I think was there? Uh, um, <laughs> he made an appearance. Yeah, I mean it was cool. You know, he he looks pretty cool always. Yeah, dapper. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Um, but but I it, it wasn't bad. I, I I won't even lie. The movie wasn't bad. It, it some things did work for me. Some things didn't. Um, but really, I I do. I know we're gonna talk about it later. Um, I feel like this would make a good ending to the series, like stopping right here with this movie mm-hmm. instead of continuing to go with what they did the 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 latest one is the one with chris rock or is there there's another one right there's another one coming out the week this episode is released what a coincidence yeah you didn't plan that at all oh no (laughs) (laughs) but i but it is it is a good movie i i for for the three they're like i said they're not my favorite but they're this isn't this wasn't too bad so i have a soft spot for saw I remember mm-hmm. the first time me and T watched it and I was like, I've never seen some shit like that. My <laughs> mind was so beyond blown. And I feel, I know that we watched this one a lot yes. when we were younger. We had to be teenagers when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it's been so long though that I had forgotten a lot of it. And so I was pretty excited to revisit it because I know that I liked it a lot when I was younger and I know that this is the last one that Lee Winnell and James Wan were like hands on. Mm-hmm. So going back into it, I'm not going to lie. The beginning, I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> 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 I'm like, you know, but it's one of those where it's like they have me in the first half. I'm not going to lie, because as it goes on again, if you look at everything for what it is mm-hmm. and what Saw is and who Jigsaw is, I really like it. Yeah, I mean, and we had all talked before to your point about this being it. Right. This would have been kind of a perfect ending for the story that was being told. Um, because I even have in my notes at one point, I, I'm sure that at some iteration of this script, blank was going to happen. And it's really a shame that they didn't go with it. And mm-hmm. then blank happened. And I was like, you know oh. what? <laughs> <laughs> Let me shut the fuck up. The ending, I, I still really enjoy the ending. And I had graciously i don't know how forgotten it okay so it was an absolute treat to see it again and be like man it's too bad they didn't oh wait a minute (laughs) um but i i agree that and i if i don't remember this one i surely don't really remember maybe like a couple traps here and there but like going forward um but this could have kind of put a bow on everything yes i will say (laughs) and we haven't covered saw in a little bit but I'm sure that we touched on kind of Jigsaw's moral. Um, <laughs> I don't even know the <laughs> moral compass. I think the word you're looking for is hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like as this goes on, he's playing real fast and loose yeah. <laughs> with his own rules, his own messaging. So that is pretty hilarious and egregious, yes. especially in this one, because it's oh, like, yeah. what? Why are you mad at them? What are they in trouble for? Oh, no, yeah. I, yeah. Um, 
there's a there's a lot of that in this that I was like, John, mm-hmm. stop. <laughs> well, it's like, what is what is, what do you mean by this word? Yeah, yeah. No, sure. Maybe our definitions are just <laughs> break it down for me a little bit. But all of that aside, and we will get into it, you know, because we are going to get into everything. But I like this. Uh, it was it was a treat to revisit it. There's a line at the end that I completely forgotten that me and T used to say to each other all the time. And it's just fucking ridiculous. So I laughed out loud when we got there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It is a Saw movie. Um, it's just when you really start to be like, but why is why is he doing that? Yeah. <laughs> or why did he let that? You know what I mean? That's what it's like. You know, I don't want to say it falls apart, but it makes you because I feel like they want us to feel a certain way about Jigsaw. And once you analyze too deeply, you can't feel that way. <laughs> that way about it anymore. No. And there there's things early on in the series that you can't even feel yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll get to those too, but it's like, I don't know, I don't know what you're, what's going on with that. Um, but I do, I remember we actually saw this one in theaters. We never saw the first one in theaters, but I know we saw two, three, and four, and then I think we all kind of fell off a little bit. Right. Okay. The thing for me is exactly what you said, JP, mm-hmm. that this should have been the end. Right. They treat it like the end. They do. It yeah. feels that way. There's there's montages. There's uh, such incredible and appreciated fan service. Mm-hmm. Um, explanations of things that feel like we're wrapping this thing up. Yeah. In a way that to me is satisfying. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I really feel like, and we'll talk a little bit about the production in a minute with uh, something Lee Winnell said in an interview, which was basically we're done what they choose to do with it right yeah. is what they choose to do with it and they chose to make about you know nine more yeah <laughs> that has to be difficult to kind of let go in that way yeah i can't that's got to be hard yeah well seven more i can't do math well yeah well, <laughs> close enough, yeah. Close enough. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a lot um but no i i think younger me remembered the story Okay. Obviously the twists. Mm-hmm. Cuz there's more than one. Yeah. yeah. Which and they're both s- successful for me. Um but the adult me kind of sees what they were going for more with the character arcs. Yeah. Okay. The emotional weight of certain decisions. Mm-hmm. Some I can't even believe that they even ask of people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, what does this have to do with <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like that's, Jesus. Well, that's what didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I get that. I can respect that. Um but I think, you know. Of all the Saw films, and I was just talking to Jules about this. Yeah. We both agree that after three, it kind of does taper off. Yeah. And this is kind of the last good one. Okay. In our view. Right, right. right. And I feel like this one is still good for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of takes the best parts of the previous two films. Mm -hmm. It expands on the lore of the most interesting characters in the franchise. Yeah. And- it tells a different and larger story from what we had before. Yeah. They really could have taken the easy way out and just been like, well, let's throw, you know, X number of people in a trap and just see what happens. Yeah. You it, mean like two? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, but we, didn't we, didn't yeah. we, we did do that? that. Yeah, let's, let's not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't mind too, but no. um, I feel like this is more interesting. Okay. I would agree. Yeah. And I feel like there is more emphasis on, especially the Amanda character. Right. Yeah. But um, 
I did want to talk a little bit about the production because it is very interesting how this film came together mm-hmm. and a very important reason for how certain people came aboard and worked on it. All right. So Saw, and I learned all this from the commentary track, an interview on comingsoon.net, and also a featurette about the writing of the screenplay. Okay. But Saw 2 does rec- like ridiculous numbers. Mm-hmm. I was going to say record, but I don't know if we're breaking any records. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lie to you people. Um, but it does really good numbers. And so the weekend that Saw 2 is released, they already greenlit Saw 3. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. And so they approached Darren Lynn Bowsman to direct. Uh-huh. They approached Lee Winnell to write. They approached, you know, the people who made this happen. Mm-hmm. They started kicking around ideas, but then they eventually decided that they just weren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. They say, we're going to move on from this, you know, what you choose to do with the franchise. That's fantastic. But we don't really feel like we have more to tell. Okay. But Saw 2 releases in October of 2005. And in December of 2005, the producer, Greg Hoffman, passed away. Oh, shit. And so Darren Lynn Bowsman, Lee Winnell, and James Wan meet up. And they kind of have a conversation and they're like, you know, they're going to make Saw 3. Yeah. With or without us. Yeah. Why don't we do this one more time for Greg Hoffman? Yeah. And so it was more of a tribute. Okay. And so the thing that really surprised me is Lee Winnell was talking about the day that he decided to accept this opportunity. Mm -hmm. The next day, because of the production schedule of Saw films, he had to go to them and start pitching ideas. Oh, wow. (laughs) Immediately. Damn. And so he sat down with James Wan. They came up with the story, the beats for it. Mm -hmm. And then when he starts writing the screenplay, he goes and talks to Darren Lynn Bowsman, and they really work everything out together as far as how everything's going to go. Right. But the thing that they wanted to do most of all was not make the other two films again. Yeah. And so they're like, well, what is something that is emotionally resonant and that could be interesting? And Lee Winnell and James Wan both agreed it's the dynamic between Amanda and Jigsaw. Okay. And with the way that the second film ends, it's exactly kind of where you want it to go. Yeah. Right. That twist will, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but it's very important to what happens next because it's a very interesting idea. Right. Where does this go from here if this is what we're seeing? Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's admirable to not want to make the same film three times. Yeah. Because when you think about franchises, it's very easy to do and very profitable to do. I feel like that is a consistent thing with both Lee Winnell and James Wan that we've talked about a lot. Yes. Yeah. Is they're like, we want to do something different. Yeah. Because that's what we talked about on Dead Silence. Mm-hmm. Um, malignant. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, at, at least to respect that, you want to do something different. I'll yes. give they're you that. Always, yeah, you want to try new things. I do respect that. And the fact that they're like, we're still in the same franchise and we don't want to just be doing the same shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's really admirable. Because the easy way out Definitely. Yeah. And the lucrative way out, because yes. look at how much money you just made doing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, a lot of other people would be like, let's just, you know, that's what they like. It. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saw 3D. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they did do that. Yeah. yeah well, you see where it went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we lock this film in a trap, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Pod Mortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's play a game.
Now, this film relies heavily on having already seen Saw and Saw 2. If you haven't, we recommend you go watch them or go listen to episodes 29 and 113 of our show as a refresher. So the film begins with opening credits appearing in white against a black background. But over this, we hear the finale of the 2005 horror film Saw 2 playing out. Amanda Young, played by Shawnee Smith, has incapacitated and locked Detective Eric Matthews, played by Donnie Wahlberg, in a shackle at his ankle in a very familiar dingy bathroom. She announces, game over, as she slides the large metal door shut, sealing Matthews inside. He shouts obscenities at her, furious and increasingly frenzied in tone. So, I don't know what the opposite of a pet peeve is, but I whatever that is, that's what this is whenever they pick up a sequel right where the oh, first yeah. one is. That is a great thing. We talk about Halloween 2. Yeah. Insidious. Insidious. Chapter 2. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second one. But um, they had said on commentary that originally the section we're about to see happened in the middle of the film. Of the second film? Of, of this film. Oh, in their In their scripting. No, I like it. I, I love, what? like you said, when it picks right back up. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I know that we're all the type of people that want to like rewatch before we see the new one. Yeah. And so it's always a treat that it's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, this right is the there. last thing I saw. Yeah. It's literally previously on Saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had said um, on commentary that the bathroom set for this film, rather than reconstructing it completely, mm-hmm. they borrowed what was made for Scary Movie 4. and they said on commentary that it was very very close but there was a lot that they had to change and shift around yeah i was like well this is a parody they're not gonna get it (laughs) they're like weirdly it wasn't perfect they're making fun of you (laughs) (laughs) but the camera twists around a flashlight on the filthy floor of the bathroom matthew's gun caught in the beam of the light He crawls for it, but in his furthest reach, he still can't grasp it, and he cries for a moment face down in the muck until he gets an idea. He quickly unties the laces of his boots and uses it to close the distance, pulling his gun toward him. But when he releases the magazine, he finds that it's empty. That sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably an understatement, but I will say these last few weeks have taught me if I ever can't reach something, I'm just going to use my clothes. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, damn, okay. okay. Yeah. It made me laugh that he thought that Amanda would leave him a loaded yeah. gun. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, damn it. It's like, dude. He's like, well, he'll never reach this. Yeah. <laughs> you got to try everything. I guess. Don't lose hope. But he tosses the gun in frustration, but uses his shoe to pull the flashlight closer to him. Shining through the darkness, he locates the pipe that his leg is attached to and begins kicking at the wall behind it in an attempt to dislodge it. When this doesn't work, he holds the chain of the shackle in his hand, screaming for his son, Daniel, who he doesn't know is in a very safe place. (laughs) (laughs) I still can't believe that wordplay was the... Do you think he was chuckling when he found when he came up with that? Absolutely. Oh yeah. That's uh. the one thing that you have to recognize and understand about Jigsaw is he is a petty ass bitch. <laughs> and that only becomes more apparent as the series goes on. He's, and you know okay. he was giggling. Safe. No, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, he's literally in a safe. He's like, like <laughs> he's, he loved it. But he won't. And know. I did yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> but again, if you just slip, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's and that's kind of what I don't want to say it gets lost, but that's where I'm like, now hold on in this one. And I know that there are reasons and we'll talk about them. But in the first two, it's like, if y'all will just listen to what he's saying. 
I, you will get out of this. I get it, but, <laughs> but it, <laughs> sometimes he's an asshole about it. Absolutely. And you, it's Petty hard. Bitch. To, I already said it's that. It's hard to concentrate and really listen to what he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he's trying to like kick knowledge, <laughs> but he's saying it in a dickhead way. So it's like he is very safe, but he's like looking at you and winking. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, ah, I'm gonna fucking rip your head off. Like, of course you're not listening. <laughs> is that good or bad? I don't yeah, understand. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> You made me think of the trap in Saw 2 where the devil's literally pointing at the nozzle. Yeah. And he's like, let me turn that. (laughs) (laughs) And it lights him on fire. It's like, what do you think? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) But Matthews looks around a bit. And after a moment, he sees it. Resting against the wall behind a pipe is a hacksaw. He snatches it and immediately begins to saw at the chain, but oddly, he gives up after about six or seven saws. <laughs> you know what? And and I didn't even think about this last time, but I did go look. He, yeah, it might not cut through that chain. Dude, that saw will cut through that metal pipe that the chain's fucking attached to. Well, don't tell <gasps> them that. I, no, the don't whole, tell Jigsaw yeah. that. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, that, there's no way, you know, what the fuck? So I was like, there, what about the pipe behind him? And I looked and the saw that came up was the saw he was holding in front of <laughs> I was like, dude, just cut the pipe. Damn yeah. it. But you're panicking. You don't know what the fuck's going Not on in all. that situation. No. I'm just imagining Jigsaw coming in over the intercom. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no do that. <laughs> it's like an escape room. Yeah. <laughs> Matthews decides to look around a little bit more. And in the beam of his flashlight, he discovers the dead body of Xavier, played by Frankie G in a cameo role, who he doesn't know that his son murdered. And I did hear in commentary that this is literally Frankie G flew from New York to Toronto to do this. How oh, cool. Nice. Oh, <laughs> That's <yeah>. really cool. <laughs> no lines, no. Yeah. Just laid out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're like, well, Tobin Bell did it in the first one. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to say no? <laughs> but Matthews also sees the decaying foot of Dr. Lawrence Gordon still stuck in its shackle and resting in a pool of blood. He stares soberly at the saw in his hand, realizing what he has to do. He tears off his sock and puts it into his mouth for him to bite down on through the pain of what's to come. But after raising the saw to his ankle, he can't bring himself to do it and lies back on the ground. In this position, in the opposite corner of the room, his flashlight catches the rotting corpse of Adam Stanheit, as well as the toilet tank lid that he used to kill Zepp Hindle. Matthews reaches for the broken lid and props the flashlight at an angle to light his way to freedom. He raises the lid over his head, bringing it down forcefully onto his foot over and over and over and over and over and over again. Man. <laughs> he wanted it more. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, so I can't saw the pipe, huh, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> and on the cool, he did a quick 10 second search of the room and then was like, oh, it's got to come off. So True. yeah, <laughs> that was my note is he got there very quick. Yeah. And... I can't really say yet, but something later shows us just how quick he came to this conclusion. Because right now I was like, God damn. And then later I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I was like he's like, well, you know, thinking pragmatically, I guess, because I would have had I would have had to start starving to get to this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you made me laugh because I'm thinking her reaction's like serious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, we'll get- like record. Yeah. Like, well, it looks like this foot's got it's like, what? <laughs> But the joint of his ankle turned to gravel and spurting blood. He wrenches his foot back until the angle of it slides out of the shackle with ease. It's rough. It is. Yeah. 
They said that his foot was actually in the ground, and this is obviously a prosthetic. I would- yeah, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> he's a method actor. You really want to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're familiar with Donnie's work. Yeah. True. He's like, no, I'll break it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he goes the extra mile. Have you seen The Sixth Sense? Yeah. <laughs> but as his pained screams echo off the walls of the industrial bathroom, we get the title, Saw 3. I think this is an effective opening. I agree. Yeah. It's interesting the way that they interweave these stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, There is more to come in future sequels that isn't as successful. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. No. The, <laughs> the odd character arc of Eric Matthews. No. No. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, You saying that that was initially in the middle though i can see why it was yes but i am glad that they moved it and put it at the beginning because i think that when it does come back into play later it's like oh shit okay and it gives us that like direct connection to saw two at the beginning i i think it works better here yeah i agree and i think that if it were to come later i don't know the way it works now you you do almost forget about it yeah and you're like oh wait the film opened with this Yeah. yeah so it's it's great and Eric Matthews, I think, is the name of one of the kids on Boy Meets World. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I like, You're like, I'm I distracted. Like, <laughs> but we cut to a blowtorch cutting a hole into a large metal door. Once an entrance is created, a SWAT team bursts in with their weapons drawn, clearing the room with flashlights and laser sights. Rig, a SWAT team member played by Lyric Bent, takes off his helmet and gas mask, staring in horror at the sight before him. Why would you take your mask off right when you walked in there? Yeah. It's dramatic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to reveal that it's real. <laughs> but he directs someone to call in Detective Carey. Sometime later, Detective Allison Carey, played by Dina Meyer, arrives on the scene, breezing past crime scene personnel and interrupting an uncredited officer who's talking to Rig. She asks him, is it him? Rig says that they don't know yet, so she rushes past him to head inside the room. Once she enters, we see that the crime scene is an elementary school classroom. Forensic investigators are collecting evidence all around the room, but Hoffman, a forensic tech played by Costas Mandalore, notices Carrie enter the room. He rises up, telling her that the victim isn't Detective Matthews. The camera finds the victim's body on the floor, and we get frantic cuts and shots of various body parts, lacerations, limbs punctured with nails, scattered viscera, and as is customary, a small puzzle piece carved out of the victim's skin. It is kind of funny because I feel like this, as the series goes on, Mm -hmm. they forget about this aspect (laughs) of Jigsaw. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of his thing. Mm -hmm. And it becomes kind of more just about, well, how can we kill these people? (laughs) Yeah. In a very interesting way. I feel like that's the like reputation that saw has and it's like man just go back to the beginning because like it was more than that yeah Yeah. where it feels kind of like uh more horror seven yeah Yeah. and i appreciate that yeah i i i didn't think about that until you said that but yeah the puzzle pieces mean nothing anymore yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i did also want to call out uh hoffman the character yeah rig the character Mm -hmm. these characters will become more important in the later sequels um, later sequels of, of lesser or equal value. <laughs> <laughs> the quality suffers, but I, I just think it's very interesting that we barely see anything of Hoffman and Rig in this film. Right. But later they go on to kind of lead films. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and before you move on, uh, Hoffman was named after Greg Hoffman. That's the producer that passed. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. But Carrie asks what happened here, and Hoffman explains that the victim was held in place by chains. We smoothly transition to the past and find Troy, the victim in question, played by Jay LaRose, waking up alone in this classroom covered in sweat. So I want to call out Jay LaRose. I think he is in just about every single film by Darren Lynn Bousman. <laughs> really? really? Yes, he was in Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh. I remember him in basically basically everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I love when directors keep using the same people. Yes. Yeah. It's very, very cool. But we pull back to find Troy sat in a chair in his underwear, his body streaked with his own blood and chains stretching outward from his body, kind of giving Dr. Octavius vibes. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was getting a little more Cenobite, but... That's true. No. <laughs> it's like if Dr. Octavius was a Cenobite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as he stands up, we see that the chains are attached to hooks, which are pierced through the skin of his back, his abdomen, his arms, his hands, his ankles, and most frighteningly, his lower jaw. He screams in confusion as he looks around the room, but very soon, a television in the corner of the room springs to static life, taking all of his attention. On the screen, Billy the Puppet appears, as dapper as ever, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> turning his head to face the camera and offering, Hello, Troy. I want to play a game. Billy says this game will take place in a room not much bigger than the room he spent most of his life in, a prison cell. He recounts Troy's advantages given to him in life, and despite them, he's returned to prison again and again, more comfortable in a jail cell than he is in his freedom. But Billy says tonight, they'll see how far he's willing to go to break these chains once and for all. He tells him, live or die, Troy. Make your choice. I... So hold on now. Hmm. So y you have this man here because his he likes making bad choices. <laughs> yes, I it's I, I like imagining Jigsaw sitting down and coming up with this. For <laughs> <laughs> you can't stay out of trouble. I'm gonna put a fucking hook in your mouth, yeah, <laughs> a I chain in your mouth. <laughs> what? I, what are you doing, yeah, dude? I, I, look, I will say that his past traps were a little more poetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is wild. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if this is like chain gang, like prison. No, I, I get mean, it again. No, yeah. I, I get. I get the the comparison or the whatever that you're trying to make here, but what you're and again especially what you're asking of him yeah the one in the mouth is <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, too far okay so here's here's there's there is one thing that really <laughs> that made no sense because i saw the original designs for this trap yeah and in them they had instead of it hooking through his you know his entire lower yes. jaw yes mm -hmm. it was drilled one hole on. through one of his teeth and so he would have to pull out one of his teeth. Just that's okay. it. Okay. Which is that's way it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's still really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it is possible. It's, yes. yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's it would be harder to watch, but it's more survivable. Yeah. Yeah. Than yeah. your entire mandible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so it's a lot. Yeah. It, it is. And it, it is. only gets more. And yeah. it does. And I will say that I this is the the biggest point of contention that I do have with this film. Right. Because I do enjoy this film a lot and I will defend it pretty frequently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing for me is 
once we learn more about these traps, mm-hmm. the video <laughs> clearly Jigsaw's co-signing. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Yeah. He is involved on all of it. I don't know. Now my question is, I don't know if he's just like kind of being like, yeah, I'll do the tapes. Well, but we'll and we'll learn. Yeah, yeah but we'll talk. Yeah. It's, for me, it's just uh, again. So these are bad decisions he's making. Does he really deserve to be here? And if and if he's making bad decisions and what? Okay, can we know that? That's that's the thing. I don't. I think it would be more effective if we knew what he was doing. Yeah. Or if what he was doing was hurting other people or whatever, because it's just like you can't stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the funny thing is that he's serving his time. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't break out of prison. Nope. You're right. Yeah. Oh because <laughs> at least then he could have we're putting you back in the chains yes. that you yeah, escaped yeah. Exactly. whatever he yeah. did his time yeah <laughs> he did his time but i mean <laughs> jigsaw's got an interesting morale yes and he's I out guess. right now yeah so he's like we all know you're gonna yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like recidivism in this country is just it's out of this world you're set up to fail <laughs> it's uh this is wild yeah but the television shuts off, and Troy notices that right in front of him rests a glass jar filled with nails attached to a steadily decreasing timer, and also a teddy bear clinging to it for good measure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're a teddy bear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the camera dips down from this back to the present day, where Hoffman picks up remnants of this teddy bear, explaining to Carrie that this was the bomb. And all Troy had to do was release himself from each of the chains and walk out the door before it went off. Rig asks rightfully, all he had to do? I know that it is a thing with Lee Winnell to try to call out what the audience is thinking through other characters. Mm-hmm. And this was spot on for me because I was like, <laughs> what the fuck do you mean yeah. all he... Did, did y'all... I know that he's no longer with us intact. <laughs> But he was in a really <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he was in a really bad position. Man, yeah. the ones on his Achilles heel that oh, hurt. Oh, no. But again, I don't mean to keep talking about the one in his fucking mouth through no, his jaw. Yeah. That's impossible. But it's uh, impossible. Yeah, I don't even know where you <laughs> No, how do you begin? But at this remark from Rig, Hoffman smirks a little bit and kind of slyly, and we're transported back to the past. Interesting. Okay. Troy looks down at his chains, realizing what is required of him to survive. He rips his hands loose as the timer ticks away, screaming as blood pours from his fresh wounds. The camera swirls around him as he tears at the chains on his shoulders, then his abdomen, flesh stretching and ripping as he frees himself. He steps forward, freeing his ankles. He made that look really easy. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. I don't think those were on right. Yeah, (laughs) They got lazy at the end. They focused on the jaw, I think. (laughs) But Troy struggles in his final seconds as he pulls the chain attached to his jaw, unable to free himself before the clock reaches zero. In the present day, Carrie surveys what is left of Troy's body. Rig asks her how Jigsaw possibly could have done this, considering he was on his deathbed the last time they saw him in the 2005 horror film Saw (laughs) 2. Carrie is unsure that Jigsaw did this at all, and Hoffman looks around shiftily, asking Carrie what she means. Interesting. (laughs) Carrie says that it doesn't fit Jigsaw's methods, a prime example of which being that they had to cut the door down. She asks why they had to, and Rig says that it was welded shut. Carrie explains that that's exactly the problem. If the game was to get out before the bomb went off, then why was the door welded shut? 
Yeah, th- there was not enough time for him to get all those chains off and get out before the bomb blew up. Then even if he did, the doors fucking closed. Welded shut. And why was the chain in his jaw? <laughs> that one wouldn't have been there if it, this was a winnable game. I think the fact that the chain was in his jaw, that should be the only reason no, it's unwinnable. Yeah. 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 The, the welding is like, he's not going to get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about you it. You don't need to do that. It's just funny to me because I know I've talked before about on uh, the like OG CSI mm-hmm. when everybody's like, oh, it's got to be this one. But Grissom's like, Mm-mm, I don't think so. It's, mm-mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I think Grissom might be right. This is what that felt like. You know what? This might not be just. <laughs> but a forensic tech played by Zoe Heath interrupts their conversation, sharing that they were able to remove the tape from the VCR. But Carrie's eyes just return to the floor. The camera glides across it disjointedly, following the evidence markers, which eventually turn into bathroom tiles and we transitioned to Carrie's apartment that night to find her in the bathtub. So just a couple things I learned on commentary. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of transitions like this through scenes. Yeah. They were all accomplished practically. Oh, that is really? cool. Yeah. So they literally have Dina Meyer running around the set and disrobing to get into the bathtub at the end of this path. <laughs> That's <laughs> really right. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to say, Saw has is always mixing it up and and keeping us on our toes with the transition yes and i do appreciate it it's and it's very technically impressive yeah Yeah, because if you can make it look like that that looks fucking cool yeah Yeah. i also wanted to call out similarly like in saw 2 saw 3 was filmed in one large warehouse okay and so the production designer david hackle he made it to where basically the set of this crime scene is just right across the way from this bathroom and then later, a set that needs to be transitioned to the next scene is right across the way from this. That's cool. Okay. So they're <laughs> really close. I yeah. will say, it is impressive, but there are scenes where I'm like, this is not a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is there is one scene coming up that <laughs> I was like, you live like yeah. that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but after resting in the milky movie water... <laughs> Carrie walks over to her mirror in her bathrobe. Uh, Bowsman pointed out that you can see the water moving at the beginning of the scene because she literally just hopped in. Mm-hmm. That's All great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but she wipes the steam away from the mirror and is frightened when she sees Detective Matthews standing behind her. I was like, is he a ghost now? Yeah. I feel like this is something we shouldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> it's a bit weird. It is. <laughs> But when she turns around, no one is there. She gets dressed and sits on her bed among scattered evidence folders, rewatching Jigsaw's video from Troy's crime scene. But after Billy the Puppet gives the ultimatum to the now dearly departed Troy, the image on the television gives way to a shot peering through a crack in the door. Carrie tries to forward it with the remote control, and when that doesn't work, she gets out of the bed to get a closer look. In the process of doing so, she catches her own image now appearing on the screen through the crack in the door. She stops dead in her tracks, waving her hand in front of her to discover that the feed is live. How? how what? Well, it's, you know. That's horrifying. Yeah. yeah. He has his ways. I will, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this stuff, like these kinds of scares and these kind of eerie moments. Yeah. They remind me a lot of the first Saw. 
Yeah. Okay, okay. Because the second Saw, I feel like, didn't deal with these kinds of, uh, this kind of horror. Yeah, yeah. It's its own little thing that just worked so well in the first film mm-hmm. yeah. that it felt like they kind of ditched in the second film. Yeah. But I appreciate seeing it back. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But she immediately grabs her gun from her nightstand, firing four shots into her closet door, which is open just a crack. She then cautiously makes her way over, opening the door and finding no one there. She uses the television to locate the camera, but as soon as she reaches for it, a silhouette appears out of the shadows behind her, seizing her with quick cuts and shots of a person donned in a dark robe and a pig mask. Hmm. Pigs love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's what I've heard. (laughs) I feel like the one thing that is undeniable about Jigsaw is Hmm. that he is smart. So I I would think you having access to this feed on your TV, he wants you to go in there. Yeah. You know? Uh And she's just like, I don't just so unsuspecting of anything else happening in her house when she just saw Matthews in the mirror behind her. I would think that they're, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about how long she's been investigating Jigsaw. Yeah. You would think that her firing the gun into the closet was the right move. Yeah. It was. But, it, and again, ever since the first film, they, er, he stays snatching people up. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, it was a little, a little foolish for a Jigsaw expert. Yeah. To just be like, here I am. Yeah. You know? And what is finding the camera going to do? Yeah. You know it's a camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you already knew that. <laughs> but we cut to Carrie hung up in a device, bathed in green light, blood dripping off her bare foot into a pool of it on the ground. The camera moves up her body in disjointed movements, and we see a metal apparatus covering her torso. A jar filled with a yellow liquid hangs in front of her face, and when something is dropped into it and begins to sizzle, Carrie wakes up. She pulls at chains hanging over her that are connected to the sadistic vest that she's been locked into. A television in front of her springs to life, and Carrie is greeted by Billy the Puppet. Hello, Carrie. I want to play a game. He tells her that she's spent her life among the dead, piecing together their final moments. He says that she's good at this because she, like them, is also dead dead on the inside <laughs> what the fuck yeah. okay this is where it gets real flimsy. yeah <laughs> yeah right that's her job but yeah dude. and yeah. first of all i don't get this vibe from her at all no, no. <laughs> she loved detective matthews yeah, yeah i know <laughs> he's like you have no joie de vivre yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna fucking kill me yeah, i don't know anything about my life <laughs> yeah this one was a little <laughs> <laughs> it's a little again fast and loose my, yeah. my friends call me the cut up yeah. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm the glue I'm the yeah. glue I keep everyone together um, and for me again this is where I feel like I don't I, I, we already know the twist of Saw 2 right yeah why are we hearing Jigsaw's voice through Billy the Puppet that's a, yeah. an excellent question because this one perfectly should be yeah and, and again yeah. that it, it's it not only implies it's evidence of like condoning and co-signing and you know <laughs> being complicit <laughs> you yes. know what's happening which, yes. yeah <laughs> which later on i know all three of us have a big issue <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it really is in this one it, it, that you know i i try to do it in the we did it in saw yeah did it in saw two and now it really is carrie you do your job too well yes yeah and now you're gonna pay yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
But he tells her that she identifies more with a cold corpse than with a living human, and he believes that what she wants is to join her true family, her only family, in death. Where do you get that from? Who's picking these? Who's that? John's not doing this shit, man. <laughs> Clearly not. Well, yeah. but he's recording these voiceovers. <laughs> I know. No, yeah, I know. But come on, dude. <laughs> voiceovers. Because <laughs> we are, we're, at, like you said, we're, we're watching it and we do at the beginning. It's just like, huh? Yeah. The, your, that's your job. Yes. But the more the tape keeps playing, it's like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, Harry, when's the last time you even went out? Yeah. Like, like, you're <laughs> so boring now. <laughs> It's always work, work, work. (laughs) But in gruesome close-up shots, Carrie learns that the device she's wearing is hooked into her ribcage. And by the time the tape is finished, she'll only have one minute to find a way out of it. At the end of that minute, Billy says that Carrie should know better than anyone what happens then. Again... It's never enough time. No. It's just simply never enough time. Mm -mm. Wait, how I have one minute and 45 seconds of it is going to be a camera swirling around me. Yes. Yeah. And me going, help. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And which one of them did they got like 15 minutes because they sat there. Was it where they were surrounded by the barbed wire and they were just like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he had two days to escape and he never did. With his candle and like. (laughs) Went screaming. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Where is that time? Give me that. <laughs> We've really streamlined here, yeah. at, here at Jigsaw Co. <laughs> but he tells her that there's a single key right in front of her that will unlock the harness, and all she has to do is reach into the jar and grab it. But he suggests that she does it quickly because the acid will dissolve the key in a matter of seconds. So the teeth won't even work on the key. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's been in there. Yeah. 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 You well, dropped it in there five minutes ago. Too early. <laughs> yeah. Let me get the tape first. and then <laughs> These straps, this one's not even, I mean, I guess the like apparatus itself is creative and interesting, mm-hmm. but the whole stick your hand into a jar of acid, like, like this is, this is all that you have for me. Well, yeah. I'd be offended. You know what would work is if she if she was like Matthews and she's setting people up or burning informants. Yeah, yeah. You have to burn, burn yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. But he tells her, "Make your choice before the video gives way to static." I don't have much of a choice. <laughs> yeah. No what choice? <laughs> I gotta fuck my hand up. I think. <laughs> But in a series of frantic shots, Carrie attempts to wrench open the device hooked into her naked torso and tries to pull at the chains, but to no avail. She realizes the jar in front of her is her only option, and after a moment of trepidation, she just plunges her hand into it, but quickly recoils, pulling it out as her skin sizzles and melts away. She reaches in again, the yellow acid turning a murky pink, as she quickly and impressively seizes the key inside. I feel like it would have been worse the putting your hand in and taking it yes. out oh yeah and then it's like you gotta psych your i, yes. I know you don't have a lot of time mm-hmm. but you just gotta like yeah and then throw your hand in there because taking it out and then it's like oh my god that hurt <laughs> and going back <laughs> yeah there's oh, no way no. that i did like the gradual changing of the color of the acid yeah because that that was that, that was is, pretty good yeah, very cool but to your point it really is it's like i need i can't stop eating the spicy food because if i do no it's yeah. just gonna be worse i'll die yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes it's exactly i mean i only have one minute to eat it it's exactly the same no breaks what's this on my ribs (laughs) 
But with her ticket to freedom clutched in her ruined hand, Carrie races to open the padlock on her chest. She unlocks it, but the device doesn't release her. As she pulls desperately at the harness sunk into her ribs, she notices someone walk into the room. Shock washes over her face as she mutters, You. She reaches up for her chains as the device rips open, tearing her torso apart, and bits of flesh, muscle, and bone dangle like decorative wings at either side of her. This is the angel trap. Yeah. It was a great shot Yes, mm-hmm. from behind. I was surprised that she was gone this quickly. Yeah. Because I'm like, again, not the most creative trap he's ever done. Yeah. Uh, you're sticking your hand in a cup of acid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get a key and then unlock it. So I'm like, does he want her to live? Well, and then I was like, oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if it's supposed, if we're not supposed to know who walked in. Yeah. Because it's like Jigsaw, uh, his uh, midriff did never look that good. <laughs> <laughs> never looked that good. No, I'm just kidding. Well, he's obvi- a Jake. Yeah, yeah. He looks fucking amazing. Between it's, films. Yeah. <laughs> it's obvious who it was. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that we cut away and she's like, you. Oh, it's you. What are you so happy about? I was <laughs> like, we all know who that is. Well, we all saw the end of Saw too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say, and this was what kind of continues that trend because she solves her trap. Yeah. Yeah. And is still killed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It creates an interesting thing where you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. That claw machine, they're all rigged. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're all rigged. You're never going to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was was also, I don't understand why she decided to like throw her hands up and pose. And then she's, I don't. She knew it would be a great shot. Yeah. (laughs) She was right. She was right. It did, but I was like, I don't understand. Why'd you do that? Um, I did hear on the featurette, they said this is the most complex trap up to this point in the series. Oh, damn. As far as building it and rigging it. Uh, They said it was three layers of prosthetics. They had a body blouse over Dina Meyer's body. Mm -hmm. It had the lungs and the heart. And then you have the rib cage made of fiberglass. And the mechanical ribs as well that will rip apart. Yeah. And so it's all practical. And they said it was ripped apart by magnets, (laughs) which I wouldn't have expected. No. But the interesting thing about this, and we see it in the film. Yeah. Is what was supposed to happen and what was filmed originally is when they tear away her ribs. Mm -hmm. We see all the things that they've put inside of this prosthetic. All of these organs come leaking out and it's grotesque. Yeah. The MPAA cut this scene down to one second. (coughs) What? That's all that they would allow. Come on. That way you just kind of see like the meat. Yeah. Yeah. And in all fairness, what we see is more than enough. It is. Yeah. But it sucks that they put so much work into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Interestingly, Bowsman had said that whenever they ran into issues... Um, they got in touch with Lionsgate and Lionsgate got them in touch with Rob Zombie <laughs> because apparently Rob Zombie ran into all these issues with the MPAA with the Devil's Rejects. Oh, all right. And so there's some scenes in this film that because of Rob Zombie's guidance, we're able to stay in. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's oh, very yeah. cool. Rob, can you help us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the camera pulls back down a dingy hallway and transitions to a dark bedroom somewhere else in this very dark and brooding city. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
non undisclosed. We never learn. Yeah. It's the same place that seven happened. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it stopped raining, but <laughs> But in this bedroom we find Dr. Lynn Dinlin, played by Bahar Sumak, sitting at the edge of the bed. So I learned on commentary, Lionsgate also distributed the film Crash. Mm-hmm. And Bahar Sumek is in Crash. She's very good in it. Yeah. And uh, the producers loved her. And so they asked if she wanted to do this film. Mm-hmm. The thing was, is that she had never even heard really of Saw 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I saw in another interview that she just is not about horror films. Yeah. yeah. But after watching them, she immediately signed on and was interested, which is very interesting because I saw in another interview that she read the script for Saw 3 and it gave her nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> But on the other side of the bed sits Chris, played by Alan Van Sprang, looking rather irritated with his arms crossed. You guys think they're happy with each other? (laughs) Oh, this is a a fairy book marriage. Yeah. (laughs) She's sitting on the side of the bed messing with her wedding ring, and he's just, I was like, geez. Matrimony, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But Lynn breaks the silence, telling Chris that she needs to be at the hospital by nine. Chris reacts with confusion as this is not her regular schedule, but Lynn says that they changed it on her at the last minute. After taking a couple of pills from a prescription bottle, Lynn gets dressed, saying that she'll just shower when she gets to the hospital. Chris pleads with her to just talk to him for five minutes, or at the very least, make eye contact with him for five seconds. Lynn asks him what's wrong, and Chris admits, everything. She scoffs and opens the door to leave, but Chris stops her again. She asks him what he wants from her, and he puts it plainly, a divorce. Lynn doesn't reply and just leaves the apartment. I was like, yikes. Yeah. I was honest. You got a boss. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I, you know, so maybe they aren't as happy as they seemed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they really had me fooled. Yeah. Lynn's going through it. You never know. <laughs> What's really What's going really on. Happening? I will say again, this is a part of the screenplay that I do really appreciate. Yes. Mm-hmm. They set this up and they plant this seed so well. And considering how everything shakes out, I was really caught off guard. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. But at the hospital, a young boy played by Nicholas Kaiji is brought in on a stretcher by paramedics, one of which is played by Dylan Trowbridge, as a result of a traffic accident. A nurse, played by Billy Parrott, asks where Lynn is, so Deborah, another nurse, played by Kim Roberts, orders someone to page her. It's a frantic scene. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of people involved. (laughs) But Lynn hears this call over the intercom as she sits on a bench in her scrubs in the locker room. Deborah finds her and drags her to trauma, where she finds the frantic situation unfolding. Doctor number one, played by Brian Paul, says that with the young boy going into shock, they need to get an operating room ready to open up his chest. Lynn disagrees, checking the boy's lungs with a stethoscope, finding that there is no air entry into his right lung. She suggests a chest tube, against the opinions of all surrounding medical personnel. But Lynn just continues her work, and after inserting the chest tube, the boy's stats return to normal. It's giving Dr. House. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really funny to me that like she was right and everyone's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that was a- <laughs> it's like, she didn't have to do invasive surgery. <laughs> Shouldn't you Fuck. all be happy? Yeah. But Deborah and another nurse played by Jane Luke kind of side eye Lynn, even though she did just save the boy's life. Yeah. Lynn leaves trauma, but Deborah follows her out, pulling her behind the curtain of another triage station. She tells Lynn that if she has something on her mind, she needs to go upstairs to psych. 
She tells her not to bring it in here because they don't have any seconds to spare. I mean, it's a fair point. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, can somebody please turn up the lights in this fucking <laughs> dingy ass hospital? <laughs> it's just the city, man. That's yeah. just what it is. And again, I do want to say that if this is Lynn operating at like 25%, she's still great. I mean, true. No, but they were well, in emergency and she's like sulking in the locker room. So I think that's what she's like. You got to be on the ball. Yeah. that See, that was my thing. I was like, okay. She did figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we see her take something. I was like, so are you high? Or are yeah. you high? I'm like, what's... But she she did help, and she figured it out quick. But what's going on here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, you're you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just impressed. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Deborah does remind Lynn that she had to be dragged from the locker room to put a chest tube in a trauma patient, and that the Lynn Denlin she knows would have been the first one there. Lynn just ignores Deborah, walking past her and back to work. But after her shift, Lynn snags her prescription pill bottle from her locker, opens it up, but decides not to take any. We do notice in her locker is a photograph of a child, as well as a child sketch of a pig. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Lynn closes her locker and turns to leave the locker room, but finds that the door is locked. The door was also grimy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, please don't take me here if something happens to me. <laughs> you leave worse than you. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> so this is, a, I think you're right. It might be the, the city where yeah. seven is at yeah. or Gotham. One or the other. <laughs> One of the two. Either Jigsaw or the Joker gets yeah. it. It's, it's bad. It's a rough, rough town. But she calls out. But when no one answers, she takes out her cell phone. The camera follows her through rows of lockers, but before her call can connect, she screams as she is seized in frantic shots by someone in a dark robe and a pig mask. What? <laughs> it's their favorite. Yeah. Thinking of the pig, ma- the pig mask waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of them waiting in the pig mask did make me laugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, so what did the doctor do? Clock in late? <laughs> yeah. yeah. With what we're doing here? Yeah. <laughs> No, that's literally what happened tonight. Yeah. Your coworker had to retrieve you from yeah. the locker room. It's like, what? How did you know that so fast? <laughs> but we cut to someone arriving at what can only be described as Jigsaw's workshop. A hood is covering their head as they carry a paper bag filled with supplies. They walk past ropes, <laughs> more pig masks, <laughs> knives, half-made traps, and torture devices, and they switch on a set of monitors. They turn on the overhead lights, which wakes Lynn, who is tied to a wheelchair with a gag in her mouth. As she starts to struggle and scream confusedly, the figure turns around, taking off their robe and revealing themselves to be Amanda Young, played by Shawnee Smith. I already introduced her earlier. What? (laughs) But it's pretty great, right? What? I had no idea. Um, The score here is really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, this already was a big reveal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I don't get. Yeah, we knew this already. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe people thought it was Jigsaw hanging out, doing his in, thing. In the pig mask? Yeah. Remember in the first film when he was like Spider-Manning across the, <laughs> <laughs> the parking garage they floor? <laughs> That's some pig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't take that away from him. No, pigs I love will it. Say yeah. <laughs> That's what I hear. Um, and again, shout out to Amanda's hair in this because it is much, much better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> But I wanted to point out as well, because you mentioned the music, 
that's one thing that I really appreciate about these Saw films. Mm-hmm. They seem to bring back all of these people that make the atmosphere what it is. Yeah. So you have the same cinematographer, you have the same production designer, you have the same composer, and it gives each of these films a feeling of connectedness. Yeah. Definitely. And so the feel of the hospital, even if it's dingy as yeah. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hospital in a Saw film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Amanda grabs a knife and walks over to Lynn, who begs to know who Amanda is and why she's here. Amanda just shushes her with the knife, asking Lynn if she's going to behave. Lynn doesn't answer, but Amanda drops the knife, releasing the wheel lock on Lynn's wheelchair and playfully wheeling Lynn to the opposite side of the large room, through plastic dividers and into a makeshift hospital room. Resting in bed at the center of the room is Jigsaw himself, John Kramer, played by Tobin Bell. John removes an oxygen mask from his face as Lynn takes in her surroundings and asks to know who he is. Amanda grabs a cup of water for John as he cryptically tells Lynn, Hello, Dr. Denlin. You might not remember me, but I most certainly remember you. Before taking a sip of water, he tells Lynn that he was once a guest at her hospital. He asks if she remembers him, and Amanda drops his patient file into her lap. In quick shots, we see his name, his diagnosis of a frontal lobe tumor, the name Dr. Lawrence Gordon, and the name of the man himself, John Kramer. Lynn recognizes him from the news, but when she says that Lawrence Gordon was his doctor, John corrects her. He was Gordon's patient, and Gordon was his. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, John. (laughs) Calm down. She's like, I don't understand. I was not there for any of that. Is that where he went? (laughs) (laughs) He's been missing since. (laughs) (laughs) But John admits that his prognosis isn't very good. And when Lynn scans the documents with words like spinal cord, aphasia, metastatic, and inoperable, she is inclined to agree. She tells him there's no preventable treatment for what he has, which he seems to remember her telling him before in almost the exact same tone. He says leave it to a doctor to find a cold clinical way to tell him that he's a dead man walking. He asks Lynn how long he has left to live, but without an examination, she's unsure. And even so, she says a frontal lobe tumor is unpredictable. But when she dissolves into medical jargon, John scolds her, then shouts for her to look at him, which jump scares her kind of hilariously. That was really funny. Like he's been talking to you the whole time. (laughs) But he asks her once again, based on her experience, how long does he have left to live? Lynn tells him that it isn't a simple answer, but based on his file, she'd say, not long. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> yeah, she's very helpful. Maybe the other nurse was right that she yes! needs <laughs> But John just coughs, lying back into bed. He remarks that death is a surprise party, unless you're already dead on the inside. I was like, he's emo. He's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. I'm pretty sure I had that same line scrawled on my Absolutely. notebooks <laughs> in high school. There's the Spider-Man 3 email. Yes. <laughs> but as his bed arches up, John directs a barb at Lynn, saying, unless you're the type of person who swallows antidepressants to hide the pain, turns their back on their husband, neglects their child, who has every possible advantage in life, but chooses not to advance. Okay. 
Why are you shading her or punishing her for taking prescribed antidepressants? Yeah, I don't that, know. And that's what he came out of the gate with. And already I was like, John, you're out of pocket. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> like, this is a lot. Did my spouse hire you? I mean, like, what the fuck? Well, and that was, that was the first, you're right. Yes. The husband and the kid thing were later. He's yes. like, those antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> but Lynn asks what John wants from her, and he puts it plainly a divorce. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right sign right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, he actually. He was hired. <laughs> As Amanda wipes his head with a towel, he says that he wants to play a game. <laughs> John says that the rules to the game are simple, but he delivers the line almost like a Norm MacDonald joke. Because <laughs> he goes, the rules to the game are simple, but the consequences for breaking them are great. Death. It's like, well, yeah. I figured. Yeah. <laughs> We're familiar with your work. Yeah. But as Amanda grabs a device from a nearby table, John says that she's being tested. Her will is being tested to keep someone alive. He asks if she can do that and follow the rules to grant someone the gift of life. Amanda brings the device down around Lynn's neck, a metal collar that John explains is linked to his heart rate monitor. The second his monitor flatlines or she moves out of range, an explosion will go off in the collar. As we see shotgun shells implanted in the frame of the collar, John explains that his life and Lynn's life will end simultaneously. I don't know what kind of technology this is. I was like, yeah. how did you do that? Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> that would have placated me. I don't know how anything works. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, all right. No, you got to find Lynn's collar and link them. Yeah. <laughs> no, link them. Yeah. <laughs> That's him earlier. <laughs> what happens if the batteries die, though? Oh, we got. Then you're fine. Get out. <laughs> then run. Run as fast as you can. <laughs> so here's my here's my problem with this. Okay. And this was just me. Um, Amanda's clearly here, you know, watching, helping. If if I do, if my heart does stop you're a doctor you can bring me back or try nope so, <laughs> if you're you got one shot anymore, <laughs> one opportunity yeah. <laughs> i can't do my job <laughs> i can't try to bring you back no 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 so again amanda's there to keep me here and in check mm -hmm. if this is linked to you and something does happen I can't try to bring you back because now I'm dead. There's got to be a grace period. The, yeah. <laughs> you know, he says yeah, yeah. simultaneously. Because that, that's wild. He's yeah. like, do you know how embarrassing it is to be brought back? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Never let me die in yeah. the first place. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. He signed a DNR. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, that's no, it. No, I don't want any of that. But Lynn begs for her life on behalf of her family. And Amanda gets real close and personal with her, breaking down the rules in simpler terms and one complicated term that I was surprised that was used. <laughs> <laughs> she says, Lynn will keep John alive, whatever it takes, no excuses, no equivocations. And I remember 15-year-old me having to look up what the fuck that meant. <laughs> but she also says, no crying. Now, listen, I'm absolutely going to be crying. Yeah. <laughs> That's not an option. You're yeah. just going to have to deal with that. Will the tears affect the trap? <laughs> <laughs> Will the tears set off the trap? 
<laughs> because otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much to ask (laughs) on top of what you're already asking me. But Lynn asks, what do you mean keep him alive? As if the sentence (laughs) isn't self-explanatory. But Amanda wrenches Lynn's head to look out of the room, directing her attention to the screens that she turned on earlier, telling Lynn that out there they have another test subject, a man who will face a series of tests. As she arms the shells on Lynn's collar, Amanda tells her that she'll have to keep John alive until the man makes it through his tests. She says if he completes all of his tests and John is still breathing, she'll unlock the collar and let Lynn go. John tells Lynn that she's a vital piece of his puzzle, a critical part of what could be his final test. He then directs Amanda, telling her that it's time to start their game, and she leaves the room to begin. So... Again, with the writing, mm-hmm. there are so many clues in this scene that are very sly. Yeah. Hinting at what's going on. Yeah. With direct lines that we hear later yeah. again <laughs> in the montage. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worded you do not catch it the first time. No, not at all. And so so really, ultimately, he just wants to finish his, his show. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. When, when Jeopardy's over, you can leave. Take but me I, the yeah, <laughs> I gotta finish this episode. Yeah. <laughs> can he even see the monitors from there? No, she's coming and telling him when stuff happens. But uh, but you know, I let him cook. <laughs> <laughs> He's got something up his sleeve. But we see Jeff, played by Angus McFagin, wake up inside of a wooden crate lifted off the ground by a forklift. If I'm not mistaken, he was in Braveheart. Ooh. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I used to love that movie when I was a kid. I watched <laughs> it with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's long and I've seen it once. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Both great stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he calls at the light pouring through the cracks in the wood, calling out for help, but he stops when he notices a silver tape recorder on the floor of the box. When he hits play, Jigsaw's voice greets him. Hello, Jeff. Jigsaw tells him that he's become a shell of his former self over the past few years, consumed with vengeance and hatred against the drunk driver who took his only son, and to Jeff's surprise and dismay, was set free after a hasty trial. But Jigsaw says that today, it is Jeff who will be put on trial. In order to escape from where he is, Jeff will have to suffer to move forward through a series of tests. But with each test, Jeff will have the chance to forgive. And after he completes these tests, Jigsaw promises that Jeff will come face to face with the man responsible for the loss of his son, which will be his ultimate test. When we later learn this is not true. No. (laughs) So that was a fucking lie. But Jigsaw asks if Jeff can forgive him, but he tells him that he needs to hurry because in two hours, the doors will lock and this place will become Jeff's tomb. He signs off by telling Jeff that this is what he's been waiting for and to let the game begin. The fact that this is why Jeff is being punished is wild as fuck. Yeah. Or tested or whatever the fuck he's saying that this is. I don't. Can we get a different like, LinkedIn checked or like who's hiring the people <laughs> responsible for watching other people. I this this has to be more than Jigsaw and Amanda, clearly. 
That's what I'm saying. What's happening here? And he said over the past few years, yeah. <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. Uh, and for like you're saying, nay, the conditions for being selected for these traps is, well, if you recall, Adam was literally just doing his job. Yes. Yeah. He was paid to take pictures and they're like, oh, get that ankle in a shackle. Yeah. Carrie was also just doing her job. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn was not as nice as he wanted her to be while she was doing her job. Yeah. <laughs> You're just, this is this is getting out of control. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, that was a little too clinical. Yeah. yeah. Somebody wakes up and he's like, I asked for no cheese on my burger. It's like, oh my God. And the I'm fries were cold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no crying. That would be terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what, I mean, how petty can we, can, can we get? But after the conclusion of the tape, Jeff kicks the box, creating a hole in the busted wood. But before he can even think of climbing out, the box tumbles to the ground, breaking into pieces upon impact and freeing him. Did anybody else think it was kind of funny that that was their method of holding him until it started putting him in a box? No, I just I just imagined Amanda just taking the keys out of the porch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll wake up soon. That's so weird. <laughs> but as he collects himself on the ground, he gets flashes of himself readying a gun in the past, Travis Bickle style, pointing it at his would-be victim, threatening their life, and telling them not to beg, asking if they know who he is. In quick cuts, Jeff cocks the revolver, downs a glass of liquor, spits, holds the gun in his mouth, but stops himself, and the camera turns from the mirror as Jeff notices that one of his son's toys is missing from the shelf. He bursts into his daughter's bedroom to find her in her bed. Corbett, his daughter, played by Neam Wilson, clutches something close to her under her blankets. Just a sidebar, Corbett is Lee Winnell's wife's name. Oh, oh all right. Cute. But Jeff asks where it is and sits down next to her in bed. Corbett sits up and Jeff pulls the blankets from her, revealing a stuffed animal in her grasp. In a calm but wounded tone, he asks his daughter how many times he has to tell her she explains that she just wanted to sleep with something of his, but this doesn't matter to Jeff, and he just tells her to never take anything from Dylan's room. He takes the stuffed animal away from her, holding it in his hands, and we see that it is a pink pig. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. I did not put that together. Yeah. Um, This is devastating and very hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. And I is. think this man has been through enough the yeah. fact that they're watching him and they're like, oh, we're going to get this piece of shit. Yeah. That is wild. I, what did he do? That's fucking wild. Really? <sighs> He's yeah. been through enough. Yeah. Leave this entire family the fuck alone. But he fixes his daughter's hair before leaving her alone to sadly sink back into her covers. Jeff returns the pig to his son's room, sitting on his bed and clutching one of his shirts. Corbett walks into her brother's room and apologizes to her father. Jeff asks her if she knows that he loves her, and she does. He asks what she thinks her mother would think if she saw them like this, and Corbett lowers her head and says she's going to go get ready for school. In this moment, I think that the mother has passed away. Yeah. yeah. And the son slash brother has passed away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just the two of them. Mm -hmm. Again with the writing. Yeah. But Jeff stands up, revealing the gun hidden under his son's shirt. And after he places the shirt back in the closet, hidden behind the door is a person in a robe and a pig mask. 
<laughs> what? Pigs love it. Turn, yeah. Turns out it is kidnapping. <laughs> yeah. I never would have guessed. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> but Jeff wakes up in the present day amongst the splintered wood of the broken box. He makes his way to his feet disoriented, grabbing a piece of wood as a means of defense and making his way through a grimy hallway. Lights flash off and on behind a plastic sheet, and Jeff notices a camera looking down on him. He waves to get its attention, but his attention is quickly drawn to a small, opened, ornate box with a letter inside. It reads, Open the door, Jeff. Under the letter, Jeff finds his own picture torn from a family photograph and looks back up at the camera. But in the box, Jeff also finds a key, which he stashes in his robe pocket. So... This photo, it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. They said on commentary that they didn't have Angus McFagin until later on in the process. And so this picture is clearly his face pasted on someone else's body. (laughs) (laughs) Like, clearly. (laughs) But back in Jigsaw's lair, Amanda watches Jeff's progress on the screen before returning to John and Lynn in the other room. Lynn examines John, testing his vision with her flashlight and then tests his pain by applying pressure at his temples. Amanda stands awkwardly in the doorframe, letting John know that the game has begun and that Jeff (laughs) has made it out of the box. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda asks Lynn about John's condition, and Lynn tells her that after her 20-second analysis without any medical equipment, it seems that John's brain is herniating, and he needs to have an operation at a real hospital to decompress the pressure. Amanda, who is already standing quite close to Lynn, tells her to come here. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Some Gordon Ramsay shit. Come Come here, here, you. (laughs) Fuck. Let's get pulled into the walk-in, aren't I? I'm getting sick of burning these scallops. (laughs) Just take my jacket. I don't care. (laughs) The more you yell at me. (laughs) I'm just going to cry more. The harder it is. He's like, this sauce is too salty. He's like, I know. Stop yelling at me. (laughs) But after Amanda tells her, come here, Lynn just says, no. (laughs) Which is really funny to me. Well, if you think about it, I know that she's got the collar. She does have the upper hand here. She does. You brought me here to keep him alive. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. You need me. But Amanda repeats her request a few times before just... (laughs) Grabbing Lynn by the hair and asking her if she brought John to her or if she brought Lynn's self-centered ass to him. She tells Lynn that she better start paying attention. She says no one is going to any hospital and then she pushes her away. Lynn says that she can't perform miracles. Amanda's just pumping John with painkillers, but for a tumor like this, John needs steroids, prednisone. Amanda just grabs a medical book, telling the actual doctor that maybe they could try some corticosteroids, like dexamethasone. She slams the book down, telling Lynn to tell her something she doesn't already know. She also calls it the C-word. Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's you know. <laughs> Amanda's mean, dude. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Not only is this a really tall ask, because John has literally been a dying man since the moment we met him. Yeah. Um, you know what medication he needs. So you can break into a hospital and steal an entire, a whole ass doctor, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't get some steroids. Oh yeah. (laughs) 
They don't really. Why didn't she? Well, it's all about the element of surprise with these pig robes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but with she the pig could, mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pig mask. She could have just asked. I'm just I'm for the medicine. Yeah, and then yeah. kidnap her. Yeah, yeah. Say, bring this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meet me at the lair. Follow with me. This. Yeah. The <laughs> but see, my thing is, you're like you said, she does call her the c word. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're, and then you made a really good point about her having the upper hand. Yeah, that's my thing. You're talking real tough for somebody. You know what I mean? Who doesn't Boom. have a lot of time? <laughs> hey, on the cool, you want me to keep him alive? Yeah, you need me yeah let me do my job <laughs> and I, I i get her frustration but reading one book and being a doctor two yeah that's yeah two different things <laughs> tell me something i don't know doctor yeah. who i need to help keep this in. <laughs> she's going through a lot yeah <laughs> But Lynn keeps her cool, telling Amanda that the only place that John can get those drugs is in a hospital, and if he doesn't get them, he's going to die. She sits back down as Amanda tells her that she isn't a good listener. She reminds Lynn that if John dies, so does she. I know, dude. This, yeah. collar, this collar's heavy, dude. Yeah. I haven't forgotten. Dude, I was going to say, do you think I forgot? It's pointed dude, at my no face. It's shit. not really yeah. about listening. I'm telling you that to do that, I need things that I don't have. Yeah. I heard you. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but with her head in her hands, Lynn says Amanda is asking her to do the impossible. But Amanda corrects her. She isn't asking her to do anything. John chose her. John sharply gets Amanda's attention, telling her that Lynn can't do what is being asked of her if she continues to threaten her. He reminds her that the rules of their game have been made very clear and that Amanda needs to abide by them. This is a, this is a game? Like, you're <laughs> yeah. calling this part? Wow. <laughs> I'm not having fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amanda apologizes, and just as the tension seems to be cooling off, the beeping of John's monitor increases in frequency, and he lurches forward to vomit before sinking backward with his eyes rolled back in a seizure. That was abrupt. Yes. And it was frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda completely freezes as Lynn snaps into action, calling out to her and telling her that John needs oxygen. After a moment of hesitation, Amanda finally does as she's told, putting John's head to one side and holding the mask to his face. Lynn searches feverishly for Ativan as Amanda stares on in horror, holding John's thrashing body and watching fearfully as blood fills his mask in a cough. After coming up short in her search, Lynn forces Amanda away from John, taking off his mask and holding his head to one side. She tells him that he's almost through the seizure and he has to stay with her. Amanda leaves the room, and after a moment, John's seizure subsides. Lynn joins Amanda outside, asking if that was enough for her and if she's ready to finally take John to the hospital. She says that John needs an operation, and through tears, Amanda agrees, but she says that they'll do the operation here. She asks what Lynn needs, and after reluctantly accepting Amanda's resistance to take John to the hospital, Lynn tells her that she needs anesthetic. And a power drill. Oh. Yeah. It's like, maybe we should take him to the yeah. hospital. Yeah. You know what? What was that last <laughs> thing you said? <laughs> Never mind. Also, now you can get anesthetic? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, whatever. And you knew it. It's not, it's not that she's hearing this for the first time and is like, oh, prednisone. Yeah. But she's She like, read a book. Yeah. yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> 
But back in his game, Jeff cautiously walks through hallways under the glow of flickering lights and plastic-covered equipment. He finally stumbles upon a door, frosty air billowing from its edges, and painted in red are the words, Face your fears. He opens the door, stepping inside the blue light of an industrial freezer. He pulls his rope tighter, but the door slams shut behind him, and just then, the lights switch on, and revealed in the center of the room, chained up and naked, is Danica, played by Deborah McCabe. Jeff walks towards her, putting his hand to his mouth as she wakes up. Danica asks why he's doing this to her, but he assures her that he just woke up here like she did. He remembers the key in his pocket and tries it on her chains, but he can't reach it, so he tries it on another lock as she begs for help, but he then finds another tape recorder in the corner of the room. He presses play, and Jigsaw welcomes Jeff to his first test. He says that for the past three years, he's cursed the name of all those he thought were responsible for his son's death. He's fantasized that those accountable would pay. Jigsaw directs his attention to Danica, who he says is chained up, which will prevent her from running, much like she did on the day that his son was hit. In flashback photographs, we see Dylan, played by Stefan Georgiou, riding a tricycle in a playground with Jeff keeping watch of him. Jigsaw says that Danica was the only witness present at the scene of the crime, and in a series of snapshots, we see Jeff tending to his wounded son as Danica drives by in her car, making eye contact with him. Back in the present day, Danica begins to cry and beg for help. Jeff notices hoses and pipes stretching around Danica's naked body, dispensing a steady mist of freezing water on her as she screams. Jigsaw explains that if not for her cowardice and self-absorption, she could have helped bring Dylan's killer to justice. But Jigsaw tells Jeff that it is now he who has the chance to bring her to justice. He says there is a key beyond the pipes at the back wall that will set Danica free and bring him one step closer to the man responsible for the loss of his child. He asks if Jeff will claim the key to only save himself, or will he find it within himself to save another person? Danica begs for her life, telling Jeff that she didn't do anything, but Jeff tells her that that's exactly the problem. She didn't do anything. Jigsaw tells Jeff to make his choice. Was he listening? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, hold Figure on. It out. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a lot. Well, I will say I don't understand why she, how, it, what she got out of running, because he's like her her selfishness or what. I I don't understand that aspect of it, but I feel like the entire Jeff was there too. So is the insinuation that the entire trial hinged on this woman testifying? That she saw it happen. That's the way they make it seem. Yeah. But he was convicted. Yeah, just not for a long time. Not for as yeah. long as Jeff wanted. He was convicted. So I don't understand why her life is on the line for this. Yeah, that that was a bit confusing for me too, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is... I mean, he's <laughs> she's fucking strung up naked. Yes! Getting water shot out of her. Freezing. It's like, I don't, I don't know... What is this for again? What are yeah. we doing here again? What? It's the, the punishment never fits the crime. This is for Jeff, right? Well, according to Jigsaw, Jeff has been too sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my okay, god! Okay, I mean, he's allowed to grieve, but what yes. is happening here? Yeah, well, where I 
I think, and I think, I think that's what I don't understand about Jigsaw is that this is literally this man is grieving. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he's here. Yes. At what point does Jigsaw not turn to Amanda and say, "Are we the baddies?" Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Think this is too far? Like, is it? No. (laughs) I'm starting to feel kind of gross. (laughs) Aren't there people more deserving of these? (laughs) Yeah. When are we going to start losing some sleep? (laughs) This is wild. I get it. I mean, if she said something, I you know what I mean? Yes. She was a witness. I I get it. But again, this is a lot to, I don't know, for for, to happen to her. I think with the difficulty of these traps, because when you think about Saw 1 and Saw 2, it wasn't a matter of someone being put in a trap that didn't have a way to their freedom. Yeah. Uh, well, one person uh, who got his belly cut open for, yeah, well, <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> what did he do? Yes, yeah. and that was at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but aside from him, everybody had, it was you, you are your ticket to freedom. Yeah. yeah. You have to do this and you get out. Mm-hmm. But in this film, they're introducing these traps where the people in these traps, literally, it's all on Jeff. Yeah. yeah. She can't do anything to get out of this. And so... It's very it's very strange. Yeah. And it really undermines a point that Jigsaw tries to make later. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it is an interesting twist in a way that it hasn't been done before. Yeah. That is true. So when we're thinking about the writing process of trying to do something that wasn't done in one and two, it's an interesting layer. Right. But at the same time, <laughs> she doesn't deserve <laughs> no. any of this at all. Yeah. And I mean just so that we're clear, we do understand what they're doing here. Yeah. But we just don't... Why? that This isn't what Jigsaw is doing. No. Yeah. Or this is not his style. Yeah. And I get it. We Whatever. Yeah. But... Yeah. It, it does feel weird. But again, <laughs> I know that there's more to unravel and find out later. But like you said earlier, T, this is his voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On yeah. the tape. You did all of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You you went into the booth. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. You helped do the research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was his voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the cans on his ear. <laughs> but another round of mist sprays Danica mercilessly as she tells Jeff that she's dying. Jeff shouts back that Dylan died. His eight-year-old son died in his arms. Danica screams in pain as her body is drenched with cold water. But Jeff looks on as Danica sobs an apology, admitting that she made a mistake and that she's human, just like Jeff's son was. That's risky. I I didn't like that. I didn't like that. But he stares solemnly at the floor as she begs him to look at her. And as water covers her body once again, he finally relents, trying the key again on another lock. And after frantic shots, Jeff finds himself at the back of the room, a wall of frozen pipes like prison bars, stopping his incredibly lackluster reach for a key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his hands in his sleeve still. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out of the sleeve. This poor gotta, woman is yeah. naked. Yeah. You, you gotta stay in the sleeve? Yeah. yeah. Like she's freezing her tits off for real. Literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, ooh, it's cold yeah. here. <laughs> it's, it's, for a lot of this movie, I was like, Jeff, hurry the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> no shit. Say, I can't reach it. <laughs> like, Dude. Oh, man. But Danica's screams suddenly stop, and he returns to her to find that she has been frozen solid. 
Jeff's lack of action mirroring hers on that fateful day. Yeah, and he, it's almost like he seems to think that there's a she's encased in ice. He's, yeah, he's like, wait, so she's gonna be fresh when she gets yeah. out. It'll <laughs> be fine. I'm like, unless she's Shiva from Final Fantasy, it's over, Bell. She's gone. This is her way to break through the lock. Yeah, I mean, he he does he does get his face. Yeah, but he he, does. he, he uh, that seemed like it was at the very end. He's like, oh, I got to take this serious. Yeah, well, no, that that, that that hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, he's still his face is fine. Yeah, because <laughs> he's barely fucking reached at all. Okay, she's Cause, dead. Cause yeah. yeah, right now I was like, dude, you're barely reaching in there. Yes, <laughs> but he reaches out to touch her face, but pulls back frightened when the ice begins to crack and shatter. I don't know what he expected. Yeah, <laughs> ice is well known to be very fragile. Yes. <laughs> but he returns to the wall of pipes, reaching for the key again. This time, actually reaching for it. This is when his face makes contact with the frozen pipe. His cheek gets stuck to it, and he has to agonizingly rip his flesh to tear his face free. But in doing so, he also tears the key loose from its chain. He tries in vain to unlock Danica's lock, but when he finds that they're frozen solid as well, he touches her face again and just decides to let it go. Now, <laughs> very good. <laughs> I did see in commentary that the only digital effect in this film is her breath and his breath. Oh, oh that wow. is really cool. And so the room was actually blazing hot. And so you see him covered in what looks like water from the spray, but it's actually his sweat. Wow. <laughs> well, at least oh, yeah. I'm sure that, that was more comfortable for her. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she is oh, really yeah. being sprayed with water. Yes. Yeah. And the water was hot as well. Okay. That's yeah. good. They said for this trap, um, you see that she's encased completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because of, obviously, we want to keep these actors safe. Yeah. She can only be encased <laughs> one side at a time. We? Well, I'm part, <laughs> of, I'm part of the production, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 15-year-old me yeah. was in charge of quite a bit on South Korea. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> we did our best. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> we tried. Uh... <laughs> They could only encase her on one side. <laughs> yeah. And so through uh, very good editing and angles, we never see that one side of her is always opened. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. That does no. not come through at all. No. But again, this was uh, we worked really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to point out the on his cheek where the skin is ripped away mm-hmm. or like some of the meat too. Mm-hmm. It looks great for the rest of the film. It does. Yeah. Like, I kept looking at it. It it is funny that when he wasn't trying before, he had the uh, his robe wrapped around the hand, yeah, so he wouldn't get burned. But the second time, dude, you can do that with the rest of it, you know? Yes, yes. pick it up over your face and mm-hmm. reach. It's like, why did you do that? And it, it's less urgent now. Yeah, yeah. he's like, she stopped screaming. I really got to try to. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it made me laugh because he still tried to unlock her. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, we'll thaw her out. It's fine. <laughs> No, he felt bad at the end. Yeah, yeah he's like, I think this guy might be serious. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff exits the room, tearing off his robe and collecting himself, only to find another ornate box with another letter inside. This one reads, One bullet will end it all. And underneath is a picture of his son, torn from the same family photo. But underneath that, he finds a single bullet. Back in Jigsaw's workshop, Lynn looks around John's works, stopping on the reverse bear trap, which sits armed on the head of a mannequin. 
She opens a small chest and searches through it, but hidden underneath a cloth, she finds a telephone. She goes to reach for it, but as she does, she accidentally sets off the reverse bear trap, shattering the mannequin head to pieces and scaring the shit out of herself. Why are you fucking with this stuff? Why is anyone letting you fuck yeah. with this yeah. stuff? <laughs> She's like, no, we need that for another trap. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What's funny is that this was his little test in Saw 1 on the video. Mm-hmm. You remember? Oh, yeah. We're getting these small little uh, references. Yeah. There's bigger ones later, but I really appreciate the fan service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Lynn backs out of the room, bumping right into Amanda. Amanda looks down at the reverse bear trap almost in a, we meet again. <laughs> <laughs> Old friend kind of way. But she turns her attention back to Lynn, who pleads with her once again to do the right thing for John. Amanda disregards this plea, instead telling Lynn that it must be difficult to concentrate when she's surrounded by so many things she could kill her with. So she snags an axe from a table and hands it to Lynn, turning her back to her and telling her to give it a go. But she says do it quietly, because killing her might upset John, <laughs> which could cause him to take his heart rate monitor off to check on her, and boom. Or... Lynn could find a way to deactivate the sensor on her collar so she can leave without it detonating. Or she could try to take the collar off herself, which could trigger it. Amanda says that she should know, because she built it. Defeated, Lynn lets Amanda take the axe away from her. She says it, that I built it. Like, that was the a huge fucking reveal. <laughs> it made me laugh. Um, I read, I cannot remember where, but that Lee Winnell included this because he felt like the audience would be saying, why don't you just kill her? Yes. And I do appreciate that, but I feel like there are multiple reasons why she can't just kill her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. But the thing is, is and there's a lot of things from the first film that kind of you feel as though they're answering all of those questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're trying to preempt some of those questions with scenes like this for this film. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, one thing I did notice, and it's uh, I didn't notice it. I heard it on commentary. <laughs> <laughs> but Lee Winnell. <laughs> Were you there? Yeah, I was there. I was, <laughs> I was like, is he doing the Because he, he said that he wrote this scene on napkins on the day, and I saw him do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is true. And that's true. No, but um, because for that reason that you said, and they said that a lot of times in films, whenever you hear that they're writing the script or writing portions of it on set, it's usually an incredibly negative thing. Right. But this, it's giving actors more time and more scenes with each other. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of solving a problem in the future, possibly. So it actually worked out pretty well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But with all that out of the way, Amanda asks Lynn if she has everything that she needs. And Lynn says that she has what she needs to cut someone open, but not the tools necessary to save a life. Amanda, scooping up the reverse bear trap from the floor, tells Lynn that she'd be surprised what tools can save a life. Lynn doesn't understand this, having not seen the 2004 horror film, Saw. <laughs> <laughs> but Amanda places the trap back on the table, and in a transition, we flash back to before the events of the 2004 horror film, Saw. <laughs> <laughs> watching John in his workshop as he puts the finishing touches of red paint on Billy the puppet. The camera dips down to reveal a photo of Amanda. Now, look, 
I'm a fan of these movies. <laughs> and it's a very nice touch to see him getting all this together and having a file on her. But, but <laughs> okay, okay. this photo was clearly from her interview <laughs> yeah. in the first film with the background swapped out. I don't think we were supposed to notice that. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Yeah. I, yeah. That is so fucking funny. It's like, no, she was walking down the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, here's one thing that I did want to call out a little bit earlier, but now is the perfect time. This film, it jumps around in time so much that it actively becomes a sequel and a prequel in some ways. Okay. That's okay. that's true, yeah. And it kind of fills in the gaps. It, it's it's like a prequel to Saw, a prequel to Saw 2, a sequel to both of them. And it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And the way that it's edited, I never feel lost or bored or no. like, well, what's going on here? Which timeline was this? Mm-hmm. This is why it's really important to watch both of those films before you see this one. Yeah. yeah. It'll really enrich the experience. And I know it, it made me appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. But we cut the John setting up Amanda's trap from the first film entering a very green room to find her tied to a chair as he carries in the reverse bear trap. Her quote-unquote dead cellmate, who has recently been fed a key, rests lifelessly on the ground in front of her as John gets to work placing the bear trap onto her head. In quick cuts, we see Jigsaw's tape describing the trap and what Amanda has to do to get out of it, And in clips from the first film, Amanda does as she was instructed and makes her choice to live instead of die. We see her escape the warehouse, her mouth covered in blood, as Billy the Puppet tells her, Most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you. Not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's iconic. It is. It's great. And even my voice got a little gravelly. (laughs) But after Amanda returns home from the police station, John stands waiting for her in her apartment. He tells her not to be afraid and that her life has just begun. I did want to commend their attention to detail because they literally got the exact same outfit that she wore in Saw. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Like they said the exact outfit. That's oh, awesome. All right. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's again this bit of fan service to get this accuracy. Yeah. yeah. I was very appreciative. And I will say, I really do like the idea of Jigsaw having disciples. Yeah. And Amanda's kind of perfect for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else really fits the mold. And as the series goes on, nobody fits the mold. <laughs> 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 but th- that you saying that that could have been a perfect opportunity to not just have only the pig masks, maybe have different ones different disciples or maybe try to spread it out or something. Mm -hmm. And that's how you keep the thing going. You know what I mean? Keep the, the movies going. He found a design he likes. (laughs) (laughs) They're all the same. (laughs) I don't know why he has to make so many. Yeah, (laughs) They get dirty. You're sweating in there. That's true. Spider-Man on the ground. Yeah, Yeah. They get dirty. But back in the present day, Amanda reminisces on this encounter and offer. She returns to John's room to sit at his bedside. Through tears, she tells John that Jeff made it through the freezer room and he even tried to save Danica. She's very generous to say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But outside, Lynn tests the power drill and stares down at her rudimentary surgical kit. John beckons Amanda closer in the room and tells her that there are a couple of things that he wants her to do for him. He tells her that there's a large envelope in his desk with her name on it. Amanda nods and tells John that Lynn is going to do a procedure on him that will relieve the pressure and help him with his headaches. 
John understands, but Amanda crumbles into sobs, telling him that she can't do this. John reminds her that she can and tells her that she's stronger now than she was and that he believes in her. She asks if John chose Lynn because she's the best, and John admits that that's one reason why he chose her. I I guess because she's his disciple or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's just funny to me that she's not like, well, what? What is? What's the, the other reason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's also a petty ass grudge because I did not like the way she talked to me. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been nicer. Yeah. yeah. And that really, <laughs> that really is funny because if anyone should know that you need to ask some questions, yes. yeah, it's Amanda. Just one follow up. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. But the camera finds Jeff at the end of a long hallway. A light flickers in the distance, and at the opposite end of the hall, Jeff finds Billy the Puppet lying face down next to his toppled-over tricycle. In his mind's eye, Jeff sees his son at the scene of the crime, lying in the same posture after the accident. Now, Jigsaw, you know you were wrong as hell for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever was involved, this is some fuckery. That's Mm -hmm. fucked up. They said on commentary that they always want to find a way to incorporate Billy the Puppet, not just in the videos. Mm -hmm. And so in the first one, you have him riding in with Amanda. In this one, they wanted to do something, and they decided on this, which is the cruelest. I was going to say, what is the meanest fucking thing that we can do? But Jeff picks Billy up off the ground, only for the puppet to deliver his signature laugh right into Jeff's face. Jeff promptly drops Billy. He approaches the door at the end of the hall, finding red letters painted onto it, reading, Time to let go. Jeff opens the door, but just as he does, he pulls a pin which sets a trap into motion. A voice calls out for help when he hears Jeff enter the room, and Jeff looks around, finding a control panel and a tape hanging at the top of a large industrial stairway. He snags it, but when he peers down, he finds Judge Halden, played by Barry Flotman, lying at the bottom of a vat on his back, chained to the ground by his neck. He begs Jeff for help, but Jeff has a look of recognition on his face as he presses play on the tape recorder. Jigsaw's voice tells Jeff that when the judge presiding over his case sentenced his son's murderer so lightly, his soul never recovered. But now... Jeff has the power to sentence the judge's soul straight to hell. Or he can forgive. But the key to free him is hidden inside of his son's possessions. Possessions that Jigsaw says that Jeff has clung to for far too long. We see an assortment of toys, clothes, school photos, and stuffed animals hanging inside of an incinerator. Jigsaw says that if he flips the switch, a fire will cleanse Jeff of this obsession, Uh -uh. destroying all the items and leaving only the key remaining. The same key that will lead Jeff closer to the man responsible for killing his son. Jigsaw closes it out. Let the game begin. This is too far even for Jigsaw. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck is happening right now? First of all, this is this is not a game. No. Um, no. Also, really wild to assume <laughs> that the judge is going to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <what> yeah. <laughs> but really, dude. Yeah. Who the fuck are you to dictate how people are processing this horrible tragedy that they've been through? Yeah. yeah. He's like, man, get rid of his shit already. It's like, like, are you what? out of your mind? Yeah, that- what? <laughs> Pictures? 
Here's what I think. I think that there should have been a choice for Jeff. He has okay. a key that can free the judge or he has a key that can take him to the killer or the accident, the right. guy who caused it. Yeah. Right. And the only way that he can go and face to face with this guy is if he burns these possessions, which would lead him not to do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And would save the judge. And then it's yeah. more no, morality. He's like, he's like yeah, burn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, in order to save this man's life, you have to burn these possessions. Yeah. And I did want to point out on commentary, this was Darren Lynn Bowsman's idea and Lee Winnell fought against it. He didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm not going to lie. Me neither. It's I don't like lot. it either. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like there has to be some reason for him to, it has to demonstrate Jeff's, obsession with vengeance yes okay okay not yeah. with his son's memory yeah i no. was gonna say because that's all that yes it's yes like, i don't know i don't know if we need to do that no no and it literally has nothing to do with helping him with helping him no yeah, at all it's just punishing him it's punishing him to save a man's life yeah, yeah. it doesn't it make any like sense this is getting very <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're losing me yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's different when it's a pack of cigarettes that you like. I'm not smoking no more. <laughs> yeah, yes. That this is not the same thing. No, no not, not even at close. All. But Halden begs for help as Jeff weighs his options. But they both hear a machine whirring to life, mechanical saws spinning sharply as rotting pig carcasses covered in maggots are brought in on conveyor hooks. Jeff watches as the carcasses are dropped into the blades, shredded into a slurry, and the resulting contents are dumped into the vat right into Halden's face. Did Amanda load all those up there? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. You don't need to do all this to get back at a judge. All you have to do is touch his chest and say lizard. (laughs) You don't need to. (laughs) We learned last week, dude. You don't need to do all this. I will say that this is pretty gross. Yes. So disgusting. Uh, When I was working on the movie, and I and I do want to thank you again. Your sister was like, oh, you should probably wait until after dinner to yeah. to watch this. And I was like, oh, and then I was like, OK. And then when I did, I was like, God, that's fucking gross. Thank you. I was finishing the food and I was like, you should probably pause. It. <laughs> well, you should probably stop here. Of all the things you expect in a Saw film. Yeah. Yeah. If I if I see a pig in a saw film, I'm just expecting it to be a person in a robe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pig masks, but this is wild. Yeah, this is fucking It was disgusting. disgusting. I remember the first time we watched this, I I my stomach has always been a weak one. <laughs> but it's gotten stronger with age. But the thing is is that when <laughs> what? With age. It has. I'm 32 now. <laughs> strongest stomach in the west yeah Yeah. now acid reflux is a problem (laughs) (laughs) that's gotten weaker with (laughs) can't eat solids no no (laughs) it's difficult it's real difficult but the thing is is that i remember being so grossed out by this yeah and i just couldn't even i couldn't believe at this point in my life that i could see something so gross no i remember i distinctly remember thinking that it 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 is because when i did when i got i did the same thing i was like oh this can't be too bad then you see the pigs getting cut up but then when it's the sludge yes yes one yes. after and then it's like oh, oh that's, no that's i don't know yeah. too much nauseating i i do want to alleviate a little bit of this uh you know disgust yeah. yeah letting you know the pigs are made out of foam rubber and latex okay the only thing that's real on the pigs are the maggots that are slathered on them 
All right. Oh, just the maggots. Just yeah. the maggots. Hey, I'd rather the maggots be the only. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they put honey on their faces and just like put handfuls of maggots on them. Oh, all right. And the sludge is actually just gelatin. Oh, oh okay. God. I still, I couldn't be the actor. No. Yeah. Dude, you want to know even worse? What? The first time they filmed this, they said that the pacing was all off for the edit, so they had to come back Shut and your film no. this twice. Find no. somebody else. Yeah. Still give me my check. Find, <laughs> somebody else. Find somebody else to do it. I quit. Right. Can I get a stunt double? <laughs> There's yeah. no way in hell. Pigs hate it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but as the judge begs for his life, Jeff reminds him who he is and asks him if he remembers Timothy Young, the driver who killed his son, who the judge only sentenced to six months behind bars. Gurgling through liquefied pig carcasses, Halden says that there are ways to have Timothy's sentence extended. As more carcasses are dropped, Jeff tells the judge that they already let Timothy go. Halfway submerged in pig slush, the color of chocolate milk. I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> that was just. I don't know why. You wrote, that was just rude. Yeah. Why you wrote that? <laughs> I'm sorry to anyone drinking chocolate milk right now. <laughs> Halden begs Jeff not to become a killer like Timothy and pleads that he has a son too. Jeff disappears from Halden's sight, walking over to the incinerator. It made me laugh because the judge was like, where are you going? It's like, I can't look at this. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go throw up. (laughs) But after receiving flashbacks of Dylan in his mind and ignoring the screams of the judge, Jeff hesitates, but eventually presses the button on the incinerator. All of Dylan's belongings go up in flames and Jeff looks up to the ceiling as the stuffed pig melts into ash. This hurt it's Mm -hmm. it's so sad and so unnecessary Mm -hmm. but it also made me wonder where's your daughter good question good question but suddenly a key drops into the remnants of his son's belongings and jeff retrieves it he rushes over to the vat finding halden barely keeping his nose above the swine sludge jeff climbs in unlocking the padlock at the judge's throat and he lifts him by his tie to freedom he i Great job. Yeah. yeah. He's better than me because I'd be like, look, judge, I'm going to toss you this key. Yeah. I'm not fucking, I'm not, I can't go in there. I, I can't go in there. He's like, Dude, really? Yeah. I'm going to toss my, you. My eyes are in the song. Yeah. Figure it yeah. out. <laughs> Figure it out. What made me laugh is Amanda's watching the monitor and she puts her hair back super casually. She's like, oh, we see this every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is just a shift. This is just work. But in John's room, Lynn prepares for the operation, securing all of her tools, disinfectants, medicines, and materials. She takes off her wedding ring and cleans her hands as Amanda returns to the room, telling John that Jeff made it through the second test and that the judge is alive. John gives a slight smile, saying that that was faster than he expected. (laughs) Just an evil genius, dude. Lynn instructs John to keep his head to the side and to keep still. She explains that his brain is pushing against his skull, and so she's going to try to relieve the pressure by removing a piece of his skull. She says that this should help with the headaches and drastically improve John's motor skills. The last thing we need is John's motor skills to be improved. Yeah. <laughs> if this is the fucking shit that he's pulling. <laughs> and he doesn't need to be moving anyway. No. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> We don't need dexterity. We yeah. don't need, we need this man is weak. As- 
as possible. <laughs> John understands, and Lynn injects him with a numbing agent. When Amanda asks why she isn't giving him a general anesthetic, Lynn tells Amanda that for a procedure like this, the patient needs to be fully alert. In my notes I have, is that true? And then right under, an awake craniectomy. Well, I'll be damned. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, that was mine too. My note is he's just awake during this? Yeah. Yeah, It's really fascinating, this kind of brain surgery. I've seen videos where they have musicians playing their instrument of choice during the operation to make sure that they're not affecting the wrong parts of the brain. That's crazy. So you can go on YouTube and you can find videos of people playing the violin while they're getting brain surgery. Yeah. Because they need to. That is the wildest shit I've ever heard. That's metal as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But Lynn's hand shakes as she readies her scalpel and she has to take a moment to collect herself. During this moment, Amanda and John smile at each other, which, all right. <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed too sly to be comforting and too comforting to be sly. So I, just, I didn't understand the point of it. What is this? What's happening? <laughs> but Lynn makes an incision on the back of John's head, dabbing the blood with a cloth as she asks for Amanda's assistance. With a pair of pliers, Lynn pulls John's scalp back and applies sutures with surgical scissors to stop the bleeding. At Lynn's instruction... Amanda fills a syringe with alcohol, which Lynn uses to clear a path through the blood to John's skull. She fills it with the alcohol that the dirty instruments were soaking in. Yeah, yeah but we're not supposed to notice that. We're not, okay. yeah. not going to talk about that part. Also, she had like, I don't remember what tool it was, but it was visibly dirty yeah. that she was using. She's doing her best. I'm like, I know, yeah. but God. <laughs> sure, right? This is what they brought me. Yes. They're right. stressing me out. Look where they are. Yeah. Like, you're messing around in his brain. Was she given a choice? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but Lynn instructs John to close his mouth as he's about to hear a lot of noise. Lynn readies the power drill, drilling four small holes in the shape of a square around the piece of visible skull. I want to say that the sound design here is wild. Yeah. Yeah. When the drill makes contact with the skull Mm -hmm. and it's this like vague, hollow sound of bones. Yes. uh, Very unsettling. It's intense. But Lynn switches out the drill for a small rotary saw, stealing herself and checking in on John before she powers it up. She tells him to stay very still as she connects the dots with the saw, carving out a perfect square of bone, blood spattering her face and Amanda looking away from the surgery. They showed them doing this on a featurette and it was very interesting because they created a prosthetic of John mm-hmm. and it was so lifelike and they filled the prosthetic in the back with all of the parts of the human anatomy yeah. mm-hmm. that we're going to be going through. And we see in a second just how detailed it is. Yeah. And they really, I mean, it's kind of wild how accurate they made this surgery. Mm-hmm. This, interestingly, and I will i should have saved this, but I want to say it now, uh, they did not receive any notes from the MPAA to cut this. And it's because it's so medically accurate yeah. that it's as if you're watching it on a medical channel. Right. Yeah. And so there's really nothing here that's distressing or... Yeah. But they said that um, whenever Bahar Sumek was doing this, her hands were shaking with the saw and so you don't see it, but off screen the production designer is holding her arms steady as she saw <laughs> <him>. <laughs> And so it's just very interesting to watch them do this. And 
they had a contact at UCLA who was telling them with, I guess, his medical expertise, how he would perform this surgery if he were kidnapped and told to do it. It's <laughs> very Hell specific yeah, circumstances. Yeah. But that's cool because he I has mean, the knowledge. Yeah. 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 And so he told him, he goes, these and then <laughs> Lee Winnell said, as soon as I heard power drill, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> 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 But so this is, I mean, they had a consultant. Yeah. And you see that they followed it to a T. Yeah. yeah. It's very fascinating. That's cool, though, man. Like, for real, because it does look good. Yes. And if that's really, they followed all of that, like that, you you can see the care that went into yes. it. Yes. And you see so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. But in John's mind, he sees a woman walking in front of him in the distance on a sunny day in a park. But with a small hook, while keeping an eye on his vitals, Lynn removes the chunk of skull in a thin layer of membrane covering his brain. So was this whole thing basically like I'm buttoning your pants, but for your brain? <laughs> <laughs> if that helps you. He's like, yeah. oh, thank God. <laughs> After a big meal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but John stabilizes and Lynn asks him to raise his hand and flex his fingers. But just as he starts to, his vitals begin to crash, and he gets a clearer vision of the woman in the park in his mind. This is Jill, played by Betsy Russell. So according to an interview in Den of Geek, Betsy Russell was actually retired from acting at this time, but she was married to one of the film's producers. And so he asked her personally to play this part. Uh Oh, all right. And this role gets way bigger yeah really as the films go on and i feel like again there's so many things that we really could have just ended here yeah yeah we don't need to know more i don't want to know more yeah <laughs> <laughs> like this is fine this is good it's, he's having a flashback i was yeah. gonna say you don't want to watch john kramer fall in love <laughs> <laughs> it's I like don't. a rom- yeah. <laughs> it's a rom-com prequel yeah. yeah you know what's wild is um in this scene there's a cameo by Timothy Bird who played Abby in Saw 2. He's just walking by them in the park. Huh. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. And he's the one who gets, you know, lit on fire. Yeah, yeah. Right. We just talked about it. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know. As you do. <laughs> but Amanda is obviously concerned, frantically asking Lynn what's happening. Lynn rushes to put an oxygen mask on John's face, but John is off on a sunny day with Jill watching the sunlight pour through the trees around them. Amanda cries desperately as Lynn tells John to stay with her. In John's mind, he puts a small camcorder in Jill's face, which makes her laugh, and he leans in to kiss her, telling her, I love you. In real life, John, still stuck inside of a memory, whispers to Lynn, who stands in front of him. He reaches for Jill's arm, but grabs Lynn's instead, telling her, I love you. Amanda sits furious. Amanda. You have to know he didn't just fall in love. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh my shit. fucking God, dude. We're just playing around in his brain. There's a yeah. lot of shit happening yeah. right now. Yes. And I, I just, my thing is that to me, this feels more like a father daughter relationship with Jigsaw and Amanda. Yeah. And up until now. Yeah. But I mean, even this, this feels, you could say that he's saying he loves her. Amanda's like, he never told me that. All okay. the things that I've done. Yeah. That's fair. You know? it, it, it's giving jealous as fuck. Yeah. It is, but I feel like, and that's what they said is that they said that this film is kind of about the love story between Jigsaw <laughs> and Amanda. But for me, it's about mentor and protege. 
yeah. yeah. Her not feeling like he under he understands her, respects her, right, right. needs her. And then he's telling this lady who we just met tonight, <laughs> I love you. But also, you just saved my life. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So he's like, this feels a lot better. Yeah, yeah I love you I for love that. I love you. <laughs> I mean, it, these are extenuating circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Let's zoom out. I mean, yeah. gain a little perspective. His brain is visible right now. <laughs> yeah. No shit. <laughs> you can see it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe let's table this until later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I'm going to be honest. I don't like the humaning up of uh, Jigsaw. Like giving him a whole back. Yeah, I don't. I for me, I was just like, mm, I don't. I don't. We needed the, to get him to say, "I love you." I know. I know. <laughs> so but for me, I wanted to know. I like knowing there's more to this man than what the fuck he's been uh, <laughs> than what he's been up to. <laughs> I guess I don't know. For me, because I think that I like Billy so much. I enjoy the little puppet. Okay. So I so want much. him. <laughs> I kind of want him to be the puppet, possess the puppet and be like, okay, now I'm going to haunt people. <laughs> I know haunt? it's just Chucky. It's just fucking. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 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 I want him to run into a toy store. Yeah, right? Well, <laughs> child's play sounds like a game, doesn't it? it does. Right. <laughs> We're going to do a crossover. But it, all, it all comes full circle. I don't, I don't know. It felt, it felt weird to me because all we've known these past three movies is this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Him putting people on trial and tests and whatever. And then now for me to see him like, oh, honey bun, I love you. Honey it's bun. like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how comfortable I feel with that. <laughs> I think I think for me, I think the reason I appreciated it is because whenever you see him get his diagnosis in the first film. Yeah. You're like, well, OK, this is where he was given this idea and this new you know right yeah. right and no in the second film is whenever that happens with the accident and everything yeah yeah oh, okay okay um but i think that for me seeing this you're like oh there was a whole life of john kramer yeah before this and this is why i want it <laughs> i want it to end there because i don't want to know all the details yeah, yeah okay okay yeah, just give us an idea <laughs> yeah he was in love yeah he that's fine the, he's still the scary mm. voice though. yeah <laughs> i <laughs> love you that's not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> he's like i love you She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> but, and I will say, I don't mean to disagree with the writers, but I do think it works much better as mentor protege. Right. I agree. And the story even works better as that for me. That's what I thought up until this point. It's odd. Yeah. Yeah. But Amanda storms out of the room and over to her area of the workshop. She snags a small first aid kit, placing it on her cot and goes through it. But then she kneels in front of her bed. I know you're about to dig in to some stuff right now. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to comment very quickly that we saw what Lynn had to do this impromptu surgery with. Yeah. So it did make me giggle a little bit that Amanda has this nice clean med kit. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that she's keeping that for her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're just making it more difficult for her. (laughs) (laughs) But in a flashback. Amanda remembers when she was first indoctrinated by Jigsaw. In a dark room, only lit by candles, he tells her that she'll give everything to him, every cell in her body. He asks if that's understood, and Amanda agrees. He tells her that the marks on her arms are from another life, and she'll leave that life behind. He tells her that when she goes down that corridor, there is no turning back. Amanda agrees, and John hands her a folder 
telling her to start with this. In the present day, Amanda clears everything from her bed, but she flashes back to the events of the 2004 horror film, Saw. (laughs) (laughs) Adam Stanheit, played by Lee Whannell, searches his dark apartment, threatening violence to whoever is snuck in, using his camera's flash and a baseball bat to search the area. I haven't in a long time said the joke about me and Lee Whannell being best friends, so I'm not... I wanted to say it now. I was I was uh, surprised that we didn't talk about it up top. Yeah, I wanted to surprise you. Okay. <laughs> because we're best friends. But in a flash, a person in a pig costume swoops on him, injecting him with a syringe. Ripping the mask off, Amanda gasps for air. I think I explained why we're best friends on our episode for Insidious, just for the record. Okay. <laughs> but in present day... Reliving these memories, Amanda sits down on her bed, pulls down her pants, and engages in self-harm. But, back in the flashback, the iconic Hello Zep begins to play as Amanda slides the door open to the industrial bathroom. John, who is applying bloody makeup to his head in the mirror, instructs Amanda to put Adam's left leg in the shackle in the corner of the room. As she does this, John marks an X on the wall in -in glow-in-the-dark paint. Amanda runs the bath for Adam, removing his shoes and belt as John rinses his hands, then pours a bucket of blood onto the floor at the center of the room. He wipes the sink free of blood, and Amanda tosses a key onto Adam's chest as John announces that it's time to start their game. She watches as John injects himself with a sedative, which he says will slow his heart rate and relax his muscles. This I love so much because I feel like they're just answering all the critiques. Yeah, from the first one. Yeah, I and I'll continue, but this is like probably my favorite scene in the whole film. But he tells Amanda that it's time and to close the door behind her when she leaves. The music reaches a crescendo as Amanda watches her mentor lie face down in the pool of blood with a gun in one hand and a tape recorder in the other. She turns off the lights and slides the door shut. I feel like looking out on this scene that you just created with this dude, which it was a really cool behind the scenes moment, you know, for the (laughs) first one. But she's looking out at everything before she closes the door. In this moment, wouldn't you be like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you walk in and he's applying the makeup to his head, you're like, what What are we doing? What are we doing? I I think that's what would go through my head. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing, dude? What is (laughs) this? And and I'm gonna be honest, man. I really, I was like, I don't, I don't need to see this again. Really? Yeah. But, but we never saw this. This is all new. Yeah. Well, I've seen this bathroom and him <laughs> laying on the floor in the first movie. I, I don't know. I think, I think as it goes for me, I do understand the why the things play out. But I think it did for me. I was just like, okay. And I don't, I don't know why. I think I think what they're trying to do is they're accomplishing two things. Yeah. The first thing is that they're selling the depth of their relationship, mm-hmm. him being her mentor instead of talking about it. It's show not tell, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And they're also doing a bit of fan service by showing us these scenes that we are aware of. Yeah. These places that we've seen before, but in a different context. Yeah. But we already seen the relationship when he was holding her and she was like, I'm here for you, buddy. And he was laying on the bed. I mean, I already know that. Like I said, I thought to me, I got teacher student. 
until that point, and then it was like, what? But if you if you if you just watch Saw Two, Saw One and Two, yeah, you think that she kind of joined up with him during that uh, game. Okay, that she kind of became his protege then, and this was this was her test. Right, right, right. To see these for me, it's like, dude, she's been with him before. Yeah, yeah. She was with him right after the interview with Detective Tap. Yeah, yeah. That makes it more. It's 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 larger. It's more interesting to me. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no. Well, but and again, at the top, I had already expressed that the Saw movies weren't. Yeah, you know, and true. I was gonna say, but you and I do appreciate the first one. Yeah a lot oh, more no, yeah. so i mean i i get why it's not exactly like amazing yeah. well, you. but and i'll explain later more to my yeah. you know what i mean what and like i said because some things did work for me and this was just one thing i was like okay i i i do understand what they were doing but for me i'm like okay i already, I already know how this ends well it's i mean it's complete fan service right right and if you're not a fan no, yeah. then yeah. yeah. Okay, you're makes not, sense. You're not being serviced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the present day, Amanda cleans herself up. Lynn does the same after the tense surgery, gingerly placing her wedding ring back on her finger and cleaning her face as John rests comfortably in bed. Amanda rejoins them, caressing John and crying. Lynn tells Amanda not to touch John, telling her that she's only going to make it worse. I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I don't either. What is she going to make worse? I don't know. <laughs> she wasn't rubbing his She's brain. Like, yeah. Listen, don't, yeah, don't touch his brain. It is wide open I know right it's now. Tempting. <laughs> but Amanda does not take this well at all, grabbing Lynn by the throat, forcing her into the corner of the room, and she begins to pull a gun from her waistband. John awakens, stopping her and telling her to put the gun away. Amanda fights against her anger and finally lets go of Lynn. John tells Amanda to leave them alone. And as she exits the room, Lynn calls her a fucking freak. (laughs) That was risky. Yeah. (laughs) On the cool. Extremely. What I read is that that was not scripted. The choking. Oh, really? Yes. And so Bahar Sumek got more into character and said, this is what Lynn would say. Okay. No, okay, she was yeah. she was saying that to Sean. He's no, like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking freak. <laughs> but John apologizes for Amanda's behavior, saying that she swims in his sea, and in the end, she'll be the closest he's ever come to a connection and being understood. I was like, what about the lady in the sun? I know. We just saw you in love in the spring. (laughs) The lady that Um, almost got Lynn killed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She swims in my sea. Yeah. I was like, that's a good line. I don't, it's giving um, cult leader or, and I'm not trying to step on your toes, but maybe a little kinky. Yeah. Now, see, that's what I, yeah, that's what I was like. So is this a love story now? (laughs) He looked really upset. (laughs) But this is, this is when I'm like, okay, so I, this was... (laughs) <laughs> are you it's, trying to figure it out stop thinking about it um this is is it water when sports? i was <laughs> candy <laughs> the hell are you talking that's about what, that's not what I, no. I mean it could be i don't know no. i'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum um but this is when i'm like again this is her behavior and these stop thinking about it <laughs> you, i just don't understand what you're saying where's the kink come in it was another kind of of oh fluid fluid nay that's you you literally (laughs) made me say it listen what (laughs) 
what I've been trying to fucking say for the last ten minutes. Just saying. This is this is where kind of the disconnect is because again, it was giving father daughter this entire time. She is clearly holding him up on a pedestal, and that could even go in with the like almost cult leader vibe or aspect Mm -hmm. of it. But then you're getting to you know. It, it, it's almost I'm in love with Jigsaw. That's almost what, and from what you said, they're saying I guess that is kind of what we're being served. Yeah, yeah which I disagree with. I, it's I even, very strange. I even think that you can watch the film and get a reading that isn't that at all. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this plays to that for me, and the whole you g- give me every cell or whatever. I'm like, what did y'all do after you made this deal? See? And I'm not, I'm yeah. not trying to take it there. I'm <laughs> just saying you're not trying, but you are. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I look I'm just talking we're, we're spitballing here I'm just like I don't know if that is like subtext and I guess it was intentional well see for me and I'm not saying I agree with it I can see how disappointed you are <laughs> I agree I think I, for me it works better that way in a kind of um, like it's almost like she she's so wrapped up in his his way of thinking and his like weird moral code and everything. I don't need them to also be fucking getting it in on the yeah. side. That's not That's what's not happening. <laughs> well, see, the, see, for me, the cell thing, I take that as a student. You need to listen. Whatever right. I tell you, whatever I'm teaching you, listen, observe. I need all your attention on what I'm doing so you can take in and learn what I'm showing you. Right. The C that switches to romantic immediately. And it just, it just. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, no. no, no, no. Times where I wish this was a video. <laughs> I'm just no, no. I agree with you. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't I'm either. saying, but yeah. I can't help but watch this scene and the one where he tells <laughs> Lynn that. He loves her and she's like, whoa, well, I can't help but watch those and not think that they're me, trying to insinuate let that. Let me explain my point of view. Okay. I think that you're exactly right with what you said about the cell. Yeah. Because John is a man dying of cancer. Yeah. So he's like, you need to give everything to me because I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah. Right. And my work needs to continue on. And so that's what I thought of that the same as you. Yeah. As far as the I love you with that, I think... I still think that we can see it as a father-daughter situation right. where if you are his protege, mm-hmm. you are the one tasked with carrying on everything after he's dead and you're doing everything for him and he tells some random lady that he loves her, you're like, what the fuck? So I get that too. But <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the sea, you guys need to calm down. <laughs> a lot. Because... <laughs> Because what what I'm getting from this line is very, very, very easily explained. <laughs> I said cult no, first. No, no, no. I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying a cult. What I see is him saying she swims in my sea. Mm. We're the same. Right. She has an anger issue. I have an anger issue. I ruined things with Jill. That's why she's the closest I'll have to a connection. We're the oh, same. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. It's I didn't, not anything about you know. Yeah, mean. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even saying that that's what I want. I'm explicitly saying that is not what I want. Well, you're it, talking about but, fluids. But and story, no. you made me. You made me. I didn't but, make you. I didn't fucking. The, <laughs> I didn't rig shit. <laughs> I didn't fucking do this. The thing is, is it's too poetic. It's too suave. 
buddy. Oh, that that. Oh, I'll have her lost in my sea or whatever. Or, oh, you know what? It was anything like you say? Oh, you can get lost in their eyes forever. Just you can. It sounds very romantic it, it sounds that way but it also but jigsaw has always kind of been poetic and also ironic yeah but I, anything I, he says doesn't make me want to fuck him well, it makes me want to run away you're like now that this is you, a little well, that, decorum yeah. <laughs> i just asked for a shred of decorum <laughs> um <laughs> i think we failed that but, uh, yeah. um i'm bracing myself for an email but again <laughs> That's my only point is there are a couple like lines and a couple instances where I'm like, what are what are we supposed to be thinking is going on between the two of them? I think from the screenwriter perspective, they are thinking this romantic angle for me and my reading. I don't like it. I still it's it's there. I still think that there is that mentor protege thing going on where you can even see everything that's happening and hear everything that's happening Mm -hmm. and still come away from it with that. Right. Which is what I do. Yeah. That is what I'm choosing to do. I'm merely acknowledging that it is there and I do see it. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I am choosing to continue forward <laughs> with the father-daughter surrogate relationship. Yes. Let's keep swimming. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Through this sea. No, let's yeah, let's get back into sea. <laughs> continue. <laughs> But as Amanda walks back over to the monitors, John says that her emotions are also her weakness. Amanda clutches a sharp tool in her hand, and she drips blood on the floor from her fresh wound. But in a flashback, Amanda returns to the industrial bathroom after the completion of the game from the 2004 horror film (laughs) Saw. There, she finds Dr. Gordon's severed foot. I guess Carrie always didn't want to come back. No, I, and I felt it, too, yeah. because everybody else is here. I can't remember if it's this film or another. <laughs> yeah, he's a prosthetic foot. I can't remember if it's this film or another film, but when they come back into this bathroom, you see a man toppled over with his face down. Yeah. And it's Gordon, but it's not Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bleed to death. <laughs> Pipe that in. Yes. I want to hear it. <laughs> But as I said, she finds Dr. Gordon's severed foot, as well as a captive Adam. Dying a slow, miserable death, Amanda wakes him up and tearfully offers to help him. I will say in the director's cut, she was supposed to attach the key to a part of his shackle. Mm -hmm. And she didn't follow John's direction and tossed it onto his shirt. Ah, okay. So he was fucked from the start, but not by John's... No. Design. So it was the first instance of her not really following directions. Yeah, see, that makes it worse. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. But she tells Adam that she can free him and places a plastic bag over his head. He fights against her, busting his face on the toilet, filling the bag with blood, and making this whole putting you out of your misery thing a lot more miserable. Yeah. It was hard to watch. Yeah. I was like, I can see how she might think that this is helpful, but it... I. It's, yeah. It started yeah. that way. I don't I don't know about this. But back in present day, Jeff continues down a hall with Judge Halden pushing through plastic dividers. Halden falls to his knees and vomits, which we get a close up of for absolutely no reason at all. Yeah, yeah. man. We've had enough disgust surrounding this dude. The like, pigs weren't enough. We it's enough. <laughs> but Jeff finds a door that reads, Here's your chance in red paint. He then finds another ornate box with a letter for him inside, reading, One Step Closer to Revenge, and 
a picture of his daughter on the other side of it, torn from the same family photo. Alden collects himself, apologizing for Jeff's loss, but in the box, Jeff finds an empty magazine, which he loads the bullet into that he found earlier. Do y'all remember the old RPGs when somebody would join your party and you could just see them walking behind you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this reminded me of. <laughs> it was better than when they disappeared into you. That's yeah. true. <laughs> it's like, I'm just carrying their souls with me? What the fuck? What does this mean? What is going on? And then when we need a cutscene, they dive out of me. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> the hell is this shit? That's why eight is better than seven in Final Fantasy. <laughs> That's like, the let's reason. Let's be very clear. Yes. yes. But Halden tells Jeff that one thing he knows for certain is that no sentence he gave the driver would take his pain away. And vengeance doesn't solve anything. It only makes the pain greater. Jeff doesn't respond. He just instead gazes at the three family photos he's found, piecing them together like a jigsaw puzzle. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. I was proud of me. But Jeff kicks the door open, revealing Timothy Young, played by Mpo Kowal. Timothy is strapped to an elaborate device, his arms at either side like a crucifix and his legs on separate platforms, each limb strapped in and clutched by mechanical gears. His head also rests in a vice, a gear around his neck. The lights switch on as fear and confusion fill Timothy's face. A tape recorder draped around his neck, he raises his eyes to Jeff, recognizing him. There is a really good moment of silent performance here mm-hmm. where you see everything register on Timothy's face. Yeah. That's one thing about this film that I think people don't give enough credit is the performances are really good. Yeah, yeah. they are. But Jeff doesn't answer his pleas or his cries and instead just presses play on the tape recorder. Jigsaw's voice comes on, telling Jeff that if he's listening to this, that means the confrontation he's dreamed of for so long is finally unfolding. Halden begs for Jeff to do something as Jigsaw says that in Jeff's head, Timothy is a cipher, a symbol of his life changing and a symbol of death. But Jigsaw presents him to Jeff now as a human being. He says his name is Timothy Young. He's 27 years old, a medical student with a mother and a father just like Jeff, a man whose life also changed the day Dylan died. Jigsaw says that on that day, Timothy made a terrible mistake, and we see this mistake play out in snapshots. Jigsaw says that Jeff doesn't believe that Timothy paid for that mistake, so now is his chance to make him pay. He says that the device Timothy is strapped into is his personal favorite. He calls it the rack. As Timothy screams, we see each limb nailed into place in its mechanical vice. Jigsaw says that the human body is a miraculous creation, and he asks if Jeff ever wondered how far the arm can twist. Tears streaming down Timothy's face, Jigsaw says that this device will soon begin to twist, but Timothy might live with Jeff's help. To his right, there is a glass box, and at the back of the box is a key, but the key is tied to the trigger of a shotgun. Halden surveys this box as Jigsaw asks Jeff if he's willing to take a bullet for the man who killed his son. He asks if do unto others as you would have them do unto you applies here. It really doesn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is no, Jigsaw. And real quick, if again, why is this dude here? You just said that it was an accident. It affected his life too. What? What's happening? I don't know. What? On the video recorder, he says that he was drunk. 
and then moving forward it's what well, it was an accident he has a family just like you he i'm like what 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 is going on i mean yeah i mean i don't know the narrative kind of changes a yes. little bit yeah. <laughs> then it's like jeff you're mad at him you're a piece of shit dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what what do you want from me yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm so confused <laughs> well regardless he tells jeff to make his choice <laughs> But Jeff stares down the frightened face of the man who killed his son as a timer begins to tick. Halden tells Jeff not to just stand there and tries to help Timothy himself, but can't find a way to stop the machine. He tells Jeff that by standing there, he's an accomplice to murder. No, he's not. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to hold up judge in the court of law. But when Halden asks Jeff if he's a murderer, Jeff tells Timothy, whose left arm slowly begins to twist, that for three years he wanted to kill him every day. So maybe he is. Jeff screams in stereo with Timothy, Timothy's bones jutting out of his twisted arm. Without a moment of rest, Timothy's left leg is twisted to ribbons and shattered bone as well. Jeff tests the string attached to the key in the back of the box, trying to find a way to it without setting off the shotgun, and Halden clutches Timothy, telling him to hold on. Timothy's right arm twists to splintered agony as Jeff unties the key from the shotgun instead of pulling it. Halden steps back as Jeff announces that he's got the key, but he backs up right into the path of the shotgun blast. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I it was it was just like, well, I got the key. Yeah. yeah. So that was easy. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but it's rigged either way. Yeah. He literally found a way around it. Yeah. But it didn't no, matter. Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> As Halden's face is blown apart, Jeff clutches his ears, frozen in terror, until the cracking bones of Timothy's right leg bring him back to reality. The vice at Timothy's head begins to tremble in motion, slowly beginning to twist as he begs Jeff for help. Jeff searches aimlessly for the lock on the vice, but can't find it. He holds his hands to Timothy's face, screaming for Jigsaw to stop the game and saying that he forgives Timothy. But all he can do is watch as Timothy's head twists unnaturally, snapping his neck and twisting his head off. Jeff crumbles in horror, kneeling before Timothy, defeated. He's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Damn. My note is just, these traps are impossible. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's it's just not fair. His legs already started twisting before anything. Yeah, honestly. How do you expect me to get this in time or to figure it out? Or like, the, he didn't stand a chance. He's going to be messed up no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Which is just, uh, I don't even know. Yeah. And it's like, well, Jeff, did you learn your lesson? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I did see on a featurette that, and this made me laugh, but originally the idea of the rack. Mm-hmm. Lee Winnell and James Wan talked about this on the first Saw, and what they wanted to do was have a trap that folds somebody up completely flat. Ooh. God. And <laughs> they were told, you physically can't do that. <laughs> it's against all the laws of physics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and John definitely can't build that in his workshop. Yeah. <laughs> and so David Hackle, the production designer, he reworked the idea into this and it's easily the most gruesome trap in the film. Yeah. It's rough. This, to me, again, feels like the trap of a finale. 
Yeah. yeah. This is the last one that we're ever going to do. Yeah, this is the final boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how do we move on from this to Saw 4? Yeah. I just feel like we should have been done. Yeah. But back in John's room, Lynn stares unknowingly at sketches for the rack trap on the wall. John suggests that she talk to him for her own sake and asks about her husband. Lynn says that it's like they're strangers now, and the last time she saw him, they were so disconnected. But now, she'd give anything in the world just to see him. John says matrimony has always fascinated him. Husbands barely able to look at their wives, wives on their backs in motel rooms with perfect strangers, people who bear children only to neglect them. Till death do us part, indeed. I was like, John! John. (laughs) (laughs) Judgmental ass bitch, dude. I was like, first of all, maybe mind your own business. (laughs) I know it's like wild to even think about, but maybe start there. How long have you been watching me? (laughs) That's the question. That's crazy. And again, I'm sorry, but Adam Adam really could have been a pretty good disciple. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of important and he could be doing all of this retcon, retcon, recon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they retcon the series later yeah. that comes later but I think that it would have worked better but offended Lynn says that she doesn't know what John thinks he knows but her marriage has endured more suffering than he could possibly grasp John retorts suffering you haven't seen anything yet she really set him up Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a great line for the poster I think <laughs> but John asks a person like him who is he? Lynn spits out. <laughs> a murderer. A monster. John says that he doesn't condone murder and he despises murderers. John, I have some really bad news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Delulu yeah. <laughs> party of one. What the fuck, dude? Man. Even if we're just going on this film alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he reaches for Lynn's hand, looking at her wedding ring. But when she asks him to just please let her go, John holds her hand in his. Amanda walks in and John tells her, we're fine, Amanda. We don't need you. What part of the game is this? Literally, you know what you're doing at yeah. this point. He's like, fuck out of my face, Amanda. <laughs> Why are you treating her that way? I don't know. <laughs> I'm making my move. Yeah. <laughs> He's just Batman now. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? But it made me laugh because when he said, we don't need you, even Lynn winces at that. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn. She's going to kick my ass yeah. later. <laughs> she already choked me. But when Amanda just stands there, John repeats, I said we're fine. Amanda leaves incredibly annoyed. But John tells Lynn that if she makes it through this, she's going to thank him like Amanda did. In John's desk, Amanda finds the envelope with her name written on it. As she reads the letter inside and collapses into tears, we see Jeff still making his way through the halls alone. Lynn pleads with John to let her go, considering that she saved his life. But John responds, maybe my life isn't the one you were saving after all. John pours candle wax on a mini cassette marked Play Me, and he asks Lynn to tell him about her daughter. He says that he understands she's quite the athlete. I don't know where you got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I do want to say this thing with the mini cassette, it comes into play in another film. Mm, okay. 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 Again, I feel like we're setting up things that I don't I don't really want to know about. Yeah. You know? But Lynn doesn't respond to him, and John just continues asking, or 
Maybe we could talk about your son. Shocked, Lynn asks, what did you say? Jeff snags a crowbar on his journey, and Amanda sits distraught, wiping the tears from her face. She readies her pistol as John asks Lynn why she's living with the dead when she has such a beautiful family. The husband who's endured alone, the daughter who needs a mother, patients who need a competent physician who treats them like human beings. He's still real salty about that one appointment that he had. But again... (laughs) living with the dead i'm a doctor yeah he said the same thing to carrie too (laughs) yeah i'm just just doing my job she's a detective like i don't know shit i don't get it but amanda re-enters the room emotionlessly telling john that jeff has completed his third test john congratulates lynn and tells her that she's free to go but amanda says that the test subject isn't all the way out yet but john repeats for amanda to release lynn from her collar Amanda still refuses. John tells her that Lynn is more important than she knows and to unlock her collar and let her go. Amanda once again refuses, cocking her pistol. Um, I did laugh because her hair was back when she was talking to Jigsaw and then Amanda walks in and it's down. Yeah. Uh, but again, Amanda should know better than anyone. Yeah. Him saying she's more important than you know, unlock her and let her go. Mm-hmm. What am and I she's missing? she's like, no, fucker whatever (laughs) you should know better than anyone that that has some very serious implications attached to it Mm -hmm. she and he said she was uh too ruled by emotion in this moment yes yeah but john reminds her that there are rules but amanda barks no at him saying lynn doesn't deserve to go free as she aims the gun at lynn john tells her that even with that gun it is lynn who holds amanda's life in her hands this enrages amanda and Lynn, for whatever reason, spouts off saying that she won't tell anyone. She promises. <laughs> I was like, this is not what this is about. <laughs> Wouldn't even after everything, that should, yeah. that should yes. tip you off. Yeah. Instead, she gets mad. She's like, you gave her power over me? Yeah, what? It's you're not, not about listening. that. Yeah. yeah, you're not listening. Lynn once again begs on behalf of her family, <laughs> who according to John, she doesn't really give a yeah. shit about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Amanda just tells her to shut up. John asks Amanda to think about all the other test subjects, wondering if this is how she thought of them, too. Amanda replays the deaths of Troy and Carrie in her mind, and John asks if that's how she felt about Eric Matthews. We watch as she slides the door shut at the end of the 2005 horror film, Saw (laughs) 2. Amanda repeats his name, telling John that she'll tell him exactly how she felt about Eric Matthews. In a flashback after his escape, we see Amanda in turmoil in the hall, just outside of the industrial bathroom. She hears Matthews making his way down the hall and rushes off in fear. It was immediate. Yeah. That made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Like, she's not even out of the building yet. <laughs> he wasted no fun. He's like, well, the foot? All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. <laughs> but in present day... Amanda tells John that Matthews learned nothing from his test and that he was the same person he was when he arrested her, when he framed her. In the past, Matthews screams for his son, but stumbles upon Amanda with a pipe in his hands. Before he can strike her, he buckles under the instability of his shattered ankle. He pulls her to the ground, though, biting her leg, and then he proceeds to beat the hell out of her. He shouts for her to tell him where Daniel is, bashing her head against the wall when she refuses. 
He pulls a shard of glass from his pants, asking where his son is and pulling himself upright. I did want to point out that this shard of glass might be the one that Adam said he was going to cut Gordon with. Oh, oh okay. All right. Thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. But like an action hero, <laughs> after he asks where his son is, Amanda <laughs> goes right fucking here <laughs> and kicks his damaged foot backwards. Yeah. Oh. Amanda tries to slink away as Matthews screams that she's nothing. But he goes a little too far when he yells that she isn't Jigsaw. I don't know why he would say this. No. The he, only knew, thing. he knew how to get yeah. under her skin. Well, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blood pouring from her face, Amanda drops to her knees, huffing and puffing before returning to Matthews, the memory fading to black. In the present day, she admits, that's right, she's a murderer. She says Matthews took her life, so she returned the favor. Her gun's still pointed at Lynn. John disagrees with Amanda, telling her that that's what she thought, but she just left Matthews for dead, and he cleaned up her mistakes and forgave her for them. Amanda tells John to stop fucking with her. She calls him a murderer and says that he tortures people, but now he's telling her that she has to spare Lynn's life on the grounds of some game. John cryptically warns Amanda that she's walking them towards a precipice and needs to step back. But Amanda says that it's bullshit and that nobody changes. It's all a lie. But as Jeff continues his way down the halls, John tells Amanda that if she fails, they all fail. But if she succeeds, then they all succeed. He's telling you plain as day. Yeah. He's giving away everything. Yeah. yeah. But Amanda just repeats that nobody changes, including Lynn. Nobody is reborn. It's all bullshit. And she's just a pawn in Jigsaw's stupid game. Jeff finally reaches a locked door at the end of the hall, but remembering the key from the first box he opened, he uses it to make his way inside. Amanda tells John that she means nothing to him, but he disagrees, telling her that she means everything to him and that their fates are linked. He says he's tried to help her, and Amanda screams for him to help her then, to fix her. Sobbing, she asks why Lynn is so important to him, but John says that Lynn isn't important to him, Lynn is important to her. Amanda says that Lynn isn't important to her, but John begs her to reconsider that. In Jeff's path, he finds a gun resting in one final ornate box with one last note reading, Last Chance. This is echoed as John tells Amanda that this is her last chance. Jeff loads the gun, finding one last photo that we don't get to see yet, but John tells Amanda that her time is running out, he says for her to think about what she's doing and to think about everything she's done. The camera flows through Jigsaw's workshop, finding Jeff entering through the back door as John tells Amanda to think about what she promised him, think about their dreams, and think about tomorrow. Through the plastic sheeting, Jeff sees the three of them, and in disbelief, he calls out, Lynn? But just as Lynn responds with, Jeff? Amanda pulls the trigger. Lynn's blood spraying against the plastic sheets as she falls into Jeff's arms. John, disappointed in his disciple, <laughs> puts it very succinctly. You've just destroyed four lives. <laughs> that's what we used to say all the time. Because it's such a like, well, fuck. Yeah, that's it. You just destroyed four lives. There it goes. But he gives away the big reveal. You just murdered Jeff's wife. 
Yeah, I was not. I did not see that. No. no. When all of this was unfolding, I was like, man, I bet in some version of the story they were married. Mm-hmm. And that would have been so much more satisfying than what this is. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> she was fucking around. Yeah. And it's brilliant. It's so good. I was so. And it's all right there. If yes. you go back yeah. and look, it's, it, I, it's great. It's it great. That was the pig we were talking about. Yeah. He literally said uh, motel rooms. That's where Chris was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wants a divorce because. Yes. It's, it just, it's so good. It's excellent. But Jeff raises his gun with his wounded wife in his arms, firing at Amanda and catching her in the throat. As she clutches her spurting wound, John reaches his hand out to her, telling her that it's okay. And he tells her that this was her test, her game. But all those people died. It was really important to test Amanda. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand. So all this was for Amanda? Oh, yeah. What? He's, He's... He's thorough. (laughs) (laughs) But we get a montage of previous moments from the film. Lines of dialogue we thought were meant for Lynn that were actually directed at Amanda. I want to play a game. You're being tested. Your will is being tested. Your will to keep someone alive. Can you do that? Can you follow the rules and grant someone the gift of life? As he says this, he's literally looking at Amanda. Yeah, he is. That's wild. Yeah. It's great. But we also seen a lot of this already. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And, and <laughs> I hope you like what we saw already. Yeah. Because <laughs> we get a bit more. <laughs> but somber piano plays in the background as Amanda stares at John in disbelief as he tells her once again that he was testing her. In further montages through the time of her indoctrination, through her assistance with traps and her involvement in them, John tells her that he selected her for the honor of carrying on his life's work. But she didn't. She didn't test anyone's will to live. There's a very funny... (laughs) It's a very funny edit of Amanda saying, that's right, I'm a murderer. And John goes, I despise murderers. (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh so hard. (laughs) But John says instead that she took away their only chance. And as we watch her previous games play out, impossible to win, John calls her subjects victims. But you knew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you recorded you the tale. Yeah. If the woman that simply drove away from the scene of the accident instead of staying and bearing witness can be like hoisted up and frozen to death. Mm hmm. If just doing that, she deserves to be in that trap. What do you deserve? Because mm, you knew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you recorded the voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he says in his desperation, he decided to give her one last chance. And we watch him set up the game for Jeff. And the last photo in his final box was a picture of Lynn torn from the same family photo. John tells her that he had to keep it from her that Jeff and Lynn were husband and wife for the purpose of her game. He says he had to leave out the ruined marriage, the cheating wife, the vengeful husband, and the neglected daughter, and he let her make her own choices. He says he wanted her to succeed, but she couldn't. As Amanda reaches for John's hand, she collapses dead on the floor. John looks down at her, telling her, Game <laughs> over. I was like, God damn. <laughs> 
thought you loved her. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? You set up all this, oh all these God. people died for that? That's so rude. <laughs> it's so mean. It's <laughs> disrespectful. <laughs> and that was only for you. Yeah. Yeah. They're busy. She, yeah. She's dead. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> petty as fuck. I oh, told y'all it's bad. But after cradling his wife in his arms and watching her life continue to slip away, Jeff reaches his feet and points his gun at John. John tells him that he hasn't learned anything and that his rage and vengeance will only hurt the ones he loves. He says killing him will only add to his misery and won't bring back his son. He tells Jeff to think of his daughter, who needs him now more than ever. He says that Jeff can't kill him. As Lynn barely hangs on to life, Jeff pulls the trigger only for it to click empty. All the tension out of the room, Jeff returns to his wife as John tells him his wife is dying and her time is running out. He says that his fate and Lynn's fate is in Jeff's hands and to not miscalculate. Honestly, the way that everything kind of just quieted down a little bit, mm -hmm. I assumed that this was going to be good. Yeah. yeah. Let's continue. <laughs> Lynn tells Jeff that she loves him and they link fingers in their bloody hands, Jeff promising to take her home. I would be like, I love you. This is connected by Bluetooth. This is our monitor. You got to keep him it's There's very so important. Much, it is. There's so much information that he needs to know. But John, still speaking in riddles for some reason, tells Jeff that though he may not see any threat, there are threats all around him. That's see enough. what I'm saying? <laughs> it's enough it's out enough. of you. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> trying to spend some time with my wife yeah. for a second. Just trying to check in. But he says that if Jeff tries to move Lynn, she will die. But John can have an ambulance here in a matter of minutes, and he asks if he would like to take his wife out of here tonight, to safety. Lynn begs Jeff to stay with her, but John tells Jeff to stand and face him. Jeff chooses to face John. Jeff asks what John wants, and John wants one final test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> He directs Jeff's attention to a table full of torturous instruments that he could use to exact his revenge, or he could set his vengeance aside and forgive him for the pain that he's caused Jeff and his wife tonight. Jeff grabs a saw blade and holds it for a moment, then drops it to the floor as John asks him what it's going to be, telling him, live or die, Jeff, make our choice. After a moment, Jeff puts his hand on John's heart telling him that he forgives him. All seems well, but Lynn calls out a frightened Jeff. We then see Jeff raise a whirring saw that I never saw before. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> not part of the surgery. Did he bring it from home? I don't know. Was it also in that crate? Yeah. It no had to be. <laughs> but the sight of it makes John smile, which is not good. <laughs> yeah. Fucking weirdo, dude. <laughs> Lynn weakly begs her husband not to do it, but Jeff slashes John's throat, telling him, I forgive you. In his dying moments, John reveals in his hand beneath his blanket another tape recorder, <laughs> and he pushes play. 
not pushing play as he's dying. Yes. Yeah. That is the funniest fucking thing in the world. I'm sorry, but if you're about to murder a person, hopefully you never find yourself in this situation. Right. Yeah. But if you're about to murder a person and they're smiling at you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't. Don't do it. Yeah. That's weird. It's <laughs> a weird reaction to being murdered. <laughs> but on the tape, John's voice says, hello, Jeff. And he tells him that he made this tape as an insurance policy. And if Jeff is listening to it, then it's time to collect. He was Jeff's final test for forgiveness. And if he's listening to this, then Jeff has failed. I feel like you throw around the term final test a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. And it, li- <laughs> it, and it wasn't because he literally said, let Lynn go. Yeah. yeah. So you did all your tests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you graduated. But John says that now he must pay the price for living for nothing but vengeance. A door slams shut and locks Jeff in the room as John announces on the tape that he will give Jeff something to live for. He told Jeff that he couldn't kill him, but he didn't tell him why. And the answer is simple. John is the person responsible for the loss of his child. He's the only person who knows where his daughter is. As Jeff screams... John says that Corbett only has a limited supply of air, and we see her in a locked room. He says if he wants to get her back, he'll have to play a game. As John flatlines, red lights begin to flash on Lynn's collar. She calls out to her husband, and he shields his face as it detonates. After a montage of just about every character from the 2004 horror film Saw, the 2005 <laughs> horror film Saw 2, and the 2006 horror film Saw 3. <laughs> Moments from each film, iconic, memorable, and crucial, we see the mess of what is left of Lynn, her hollowed out skull, spattered blood, and the remnants of a lower jaw. Jeff screams, the only one left alive, and we fade to black as the credits roll. So, what did you guys think of Saw 3? Um, okay. I mean, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I'm going to be honest. I do understand what they were doing with it. I get it, the Amanda thing. My problem is you negate all that when it's like, I was only kidding. You're my really final, my real final test. (laughs) What? So you, so you used Amanda to test me or you used me and my family to test Amanda? Yes. But only to really come back and be like, oh no, you were the key to it all. What? It's both. Uh, (laughs) I think the thing for me is that it sounded like Jigsaw was trying to buy himself some time. Yeah. Yeah. But in reality, he's like, I've made a second tape. Yeah. That's, that though, come on. For you. When did you have time to do that? And how did you know? He had his finger ready on it too. Yeah. He just, every eventuality, he's got it. Yeah. He's a brilliant man. (laughs) He's the best of us. Well, (laughs) no, 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 no. Let's not go too far. No, calm down. It is just a lot of, uh, for me, weirdness with the script because of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like even if we stay with the Amanda thing, um, it is still, you know that she's making these mistakes and you're continuing to give her chance after chance. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, I hate murderers and scumbags or whatever. (laughs) And it's like, dude... (laughs) 
I hate to tell you this, <laughs> but your student is kind of a murderer and a scumbag. Is yeah. it? And and you. And so yeah. you. And then you. Yeah. And also you. Yeah. It, it's it is. It's just it 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 does. But it is a saw movie. So I mean, I can't really too much be like and the fucking you know whatever. It's, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is and it isn't bad it is fun and you're right uh, uh, the acting is great Mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's a lot of scenes and transitions that are super cool so i can't even sit here and be like oh this isn't a fun movie it's a saw movie yeah but yeah when you kind of take it apart and look (laughs) at it it's like i i don't i don't like that (laughs) yeah um this movie is just wild i think it would like we said at the top would have been a perfect way to wrap it all up and Mm -hmm. end it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the points that we're making about kind of the murkiness of even John's intention at the beginning. Yeah. He was walking such a thin line that it is so easy to topple off into like this, this really, I, I can't even say gray, just this fucked up area of why exactly are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you doing this for? Why are you the one that gets to judge A and B? Why are you judging so harshly? Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's interesting to see what they did with that because it was a little um it was shady at best to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so it is a really slippery slope to get to where we are and for Amanda to kind of take to this so quickly and just expect her to be like on this level that he thinks he's at. I mean, it's, it's really good commentary just for the characters as a whole. Mm -hmm. I think that that aspect of it is really interesting. And the twists at the end, I think are just fantastic. I love them. Um, Even the callbacks to the first movie are great. Like you said, and keep saying this is a soft film. So with that, there are going to be a little, uh, a few things that are like, yeah. for real? But I really enjoy this one. I Like I said, I don't really remember them going forward, but I think that this would have been just the perfect way to kind of put a bow on the whole, I mean, they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I think anyway, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this this would have been a really fantastic ending. And so, yeah, I, I still, I still really like this movie. I yeah, I still really enjoy this one. This one for me is, as I said at the top, where my rewatch usually ends. Okay, I like watching Saw as a trilogy mm-hmm. because even in the final montage, we're seeing characters from all three films. Yeah, yeah. this feels like the final scene. It mm-hmm. does, and we can put a bow, as you said, and just kind of end it. And this this is a great ending. Yeah, you've <laughs> killed Jigsaw. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of, Lee Winnell was talking about it. He said he was surprised that they let him kill Jigsaw, knowing that they would probably make more. Yeah. But letting him end it in any way that he wanted to. And he ended it in the best way. That, mm-hmm. And that is really cool. And honestly, surprising that they let him do that. Yes. Yeah. And it kind of, uh, frankly, to me, as far as a convoluted story, it kind of fucked them. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of makes it really difficult going forward and a lot of different, it, helps them in a way that you can tell things out of order Mm -hmm. but it makes it so convoluted from a plot standpoint of okay how do we bring jigsaw back (laughs) (laughs) in every film but um you know i i really enjoy this film i think for me it's these very interesting conversations being had about human nature Mm -hmm. about forgiveness about vengeance 
I do think that this film, <laughs> this is a deeply cynical film. Yeah. Yes. Because honestly, after everything that Jeff's been through, really? Yeah. yeah. He said, I can get an ambulance for you in a few minutes. And you're like, you grab a saw that no one's seen before? That's, that's, yeah. that's what... <laughs> <laughs> that's what gets me too is the fact that everything that he's been through and the fact that he was even able to forgive tim yes but this motherfucker yeah. <laughs> that i have no idea who he is yeah i'm taking him out you know what i mean honestly he rocked up on this this could just be a hospital room <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> he found his wife here yeah but his wife's also a doctor now i don't know what yeah. she's wearing on her neck but right yeah we'll talk about that later he didn't ever hear that. He's like, I'm the man here. Yeah. yeah. He didn't hear that until later. But Well, he's got a distinct voice. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's like, you're the guy from the tape. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that can lead us into ratings. Uh, you know, on the positive side, I really, really, really enjoy the fan service in this film. I love how much they go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. All these different scenes. I love them bringing back Lee Winnell. I love them bringing back people and sets and costumes Mm -hmm. and filling in all these blanks of questions you've had for three years, trying to explain how John (laughs) laid so still. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. And as a fan of the series, at least these first three it really gives a sense of finality. It's answering all your questions. It's expanding upon the lore. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know what more you could want from this trilogy. Yeah. I really appreciate the performances. I love that Saw kind of exists in its own universe in the dingiest city in the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the traps and the inventiveness with it because it's going further than they've ever gone before, but it doesn't get into the point of self-parody yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because, man, watch some of those sequels. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I don't know. On the negative side, I think it's really just a matter of the difficulty of reconciling John's morality, what he's trying to teach, what he's willing to accept, and what he's not willing to accept. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) It gets a little murky. Yeah. <laughs> Very murky. <laughs> I think that the film works a lot better as this mentor-protege relationship. I don't agree with the writer's intent, but I think you can watch it as I feel it's intended. And it doesn't take away from it. It actually makes it better. Right. Um, My voice is getting tired. <laughs> 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 but for me, out of 10 torturous traps... I do have a lot of nostalgia for this film and how much we watched it together. Yeah. And it does make me smile to think of that. And uh, just the Saw series in general has that powerful nostalgia. Mm -hmm. So I gave Saw an 8.5. I want to bump that up to a nine. Okay. I gave Saw 2 a seven. You can stay right where it is. (laughs) (laughs) And... Out of 10 torturous traps. <laughs> Why'd you even mention it? Well, because it's important. <laughs> it's important to me. I am going to give Saw 3 eight torturous traps out of 10. Okay. That's how I feel. That's my truth. And I hope you guys appreciate okay. it. <laughs> but I will now open the floor to you. Yeah, I, I, I've I, said what I had to say about the movie. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think my thing is just that, though. I do want... I wish that it would have stayed more the teacher-student thing. Mm-hmm. I felt like the they 
what they threw in the romance stuff, it's it's noticeable and it sucks because it's like I that's I don't want that. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, again, for me, the thing that that bothers me about the movie because it is fun and it is a saw movie is just uh, all of these people are dying to teach Amanda a lesson. Oh no, it's yes. for Jeff's lesson. No, <laughs> no. Wait, no, like, no, no. Wait, what? It's <laughs> I don't like it's. The, there's people in here that don't deserve to die and then it's like the story they give us for why they're here i'm sorry but most of them it's like probably all of them mm-hmm. yeah it's like i don't know why are they here again what what happened so it, it it kind of feels like it muddies up the you are you're doing this this and that show me you're gonna change for whatever reason or and and I do I didn't but the more we talked about it I didn't like that every trap was rigged and, but it was like oh okay but the more we talked about it, it was like okay yeah I do see this this was for a man and he was watching all that but then at the same time it's like so you did watch her do all yes <laughs> yeah yeah so but I mean it is fun and the performances are great I can't even take that away from this movie um, the Saw movies aren't my jam, but this is a fun movie, and I wish that this would have been the end. Yes. You know what I mean? Then maybe it would have been like, okay, you know what? Those are the good little three trilogy of Saw. That's good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That Yeah, go give it a watch, but to go on and keep... No, I don't know if we needed that. No. Um, <laughs> But for me, on a scale of from one to ten torturous traps you got it <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm gonna give saw three a 5.5 5. all right Whew. i i think i gave the first one a six and then the second one a five i, I think. feel like this one is better than the second one mm-hmm. um i would still say watch all of them i mean or watch these first three yeah they are good but again i mean again for me it's just Saul's really not my jam you know yeah. like i said but they are good they are fun movies i won't even sit here and be like oh these movies suck no <laughs> go watch them yeah they are fun and they're a good time with a group to sit there and watch them yeah um i think we've covered everything uh <laughs> this movie is pretty fucking wild but again i love that ending i think that the ending is so the twi- I, I there are aspects of it like when he's like, all right, no one more test, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. You, yeah. <laughs> you've done entirely too fucking much for us to be like, all right, John, what? Yeah, yeah. another one. Um, and that tape recorder was really, really funny. Um, yeah, there's some enjoyment that's not meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. Oh, and the game over. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. like, dude, you're so Come petty, on, dude. <laughs> it's too much. Um, I knew when we sat down and we had talked about it before that I was going to need to change my score for Saw. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of those early films, we've talked about it a million times, we kind of tried to remove nostalgia and kind of remove our own biases from the rating. But we've come to realize that that's kind of what this show is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I gave the first Saw a 7.5. Wow. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm going to make that an 8.5. Hmm. And then for, uh, I don't know what I gave so to, <laughs> but like you said, she can stay where yeah. she's at. Um, but for Saw 3, uh, uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, Torturous Traps, mm-hmm. I am going to give Saw 3 7.5 okay. Torturous Traps. All right. 
because one is the best one. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this does deserve to be higher than what I would have had to give it if Saw one or Saw. Yeah. 2005's 2004's Saw. Um I have to move it to make room for this because right. this is this I still really like this. It's just there are some glaring issues with maybe John Kramer as a human being that I, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I can't reconcile. <laughs> I feel like they're they they made something different. They made it emotionally resonant in an interesting way. For yeah. sure. But in doing so there were some <laughs> <laughs> There were casualties. There were some casualties. <laughs> Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Saw 3 and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at JuggaloDaddy84. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Thanks again to Original Cinematic for sponsoring this week's episode. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, be mindful of every choice you make in the game of life. They can affect you in ways you never saw coming. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Gitter patrons. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> a special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, Travis Anissa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sidney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rezac, Molly Gerhard, Armand Spasto, Eggy, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montavo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Nuding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman Wise, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poopoo Head, Beth Bauer, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higuera, William and Zena Rush, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O, Marissa E, Sydney, Henry F, Megan M, Strangely Sarah, Christy Beck, Nancy and Andy, Amanda Lopez, Andy Terrell, Jason Hanavan, ML Tafoya, Abigail Spitzer, Katie K, Erica Morin, 
Cameron S., Nicole Stewart, Tris Wynn, K.87, Mariah Jensen, Carrie A., Lonnie Lono, Powell, Kayla E., Maggie H., Fernando Dominguez, Murder Stina, No Thanks Tom Hanks, Kevin McGonagall, Kristen Marcy, Ori 81 Boricua, Look Like That One Girl, Bog Boy, Montez Shamwow, Felnez 63, Alita Pui, Probably My Jugs, Kate Thackeray, Wade Pack, Charlie V, A Lizard, Bryant Watson, Luke Ashley, Jay Rich, Jen Lassiter, Topher Williams, Elena Mettler, Neil Chesson, Valerie Kay, Kim Sterling, Christy Lee Kruger, Professor of Humanities, Laura McCarricker, Naomi, Josh Smith, Autumn Green, Jess L., Eat Cell, Heather Santiano, Abby Kopp, Crystal 831, Cassidy Carruthers, Skank Sinatra, Morgan Alexander, and Tony. Thank you all so much. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you all so much. I just want you all to know that you're the most supportive group of people that we ever saw. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. Excellent. (laughs) Until next time.